Welcome to episode 36 of an Axe Throwing Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Feinberg. Today's date is Sunday, July 16th. Uh, today, my guest is Austin Agosti, a.k.a. Daddy, the 2023 IETC third place finisher and the 2022 IETC second place finisher. Austin, thank you for being here. Uh, Bill, thanks for having me on. Cool. Now, um, I, I think before we had started recording... I think you and I have briefly met in person like one time, uh, like ITC 2022 Stockyards, just kind of maybe chit-chatting or something like at the venue. But we didn't actually get to have like a conversation. Uh, to be honest, I, I I vaguely remember it, but, you know, it wasn't anything like a, a – it was probably just like a, a handshake. So uh, so thanks for being here. It's cool to uh, get to know you and uh, uh, especially because I've already interviewed some of your Pittsburgh peers. So uh, cool. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And um, we're going to talk uh, a lot about axe throwing and about Pittsburgh and all, and all just ITC and a whole bunch of stuff. But before we get to the axe throwing stuff, uh, let's hear about your life kind of before before axe throwing. Yeah, of course. Um, so back in 2019 is when I graduated from uh, college. I graduated from Slippery Rock University. Um, I had a degree in journalism with a focus, well, in communication. And I was trying, I was struggling to find a job writing for newspapers. Um, they pretty much told me, you know, moving forward, that newspapers were on their way out, um, that it would be very hard to find a job and little did I know how correct they would be. Um, but yeah, I ended up working just a few side gigs and then I eventually landed at Ace. Sorry, my microphone is cool. So, uh, so you said you went to school for journalism? I did, yes. Uh, so I, I think I took like a journalism class in high school or something. So like I, I like writing. Like I work, I've been working remotely since before the pandemic. So I, uh, I try and emphasize to remote workers how important written communication is because people always forget that tone doesn't come through writing as easily as it does with, you know, verbal communication. Right. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, do Do you have Do you have any like uh like when it comes to writing, do you have any like pet peeves or any like little things that you're like, I just, w or, or even just like spelling things. Like for example, uh, it drives me nuts, you know, like the there, 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 right. That yep. one, that's mm -hmm. like a low hanging fruit one. The one that drives me bonkers is, um, when people mix up the spelling of loose and lose. Lose. Yep. Mm hmm. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, do, do you have any of those that jump out at you? I mean, so it is there's there, there, and there's that sends me through the wall. And like, I will be the person who like in a full group message will send like the star asterisk with the correct spelling. Cause I am that way. And like, <laughs> they hate me for it. Uh, do, have you noticed that, uh, and the people that might be party to these group messages, uh, has their behavior changed? Like, Oh, if we get it wrong, uh, Austin's going to hound us for it. Or, or do they lean into it and, but, and like, and just troll you with it? Oh no, they troll me with it. It's a running joke now. <laughs> that that's funny okay um yeah i could probably uh i, I tried to read a book on writing I was like on writing well uh and i think i started reading it, so uh, it's something i'm like passively interested in, but uh that's <laughs> haven't spent any time on it so right uh cool so that's uh so 2019 grad uh you know journalism graduate now um actually i guess before I move on from journalism uh we live in kind of like a weird journalistic era right mm-hmm like, mm -hmm. what, what, what do people call it? Uh, the post-truth era? Yep. Uh, like when when you were going to school, so like 
they said it's going to be tough finding a job doing journalism. Uh, was like, were in your education, were they talking about like, oh, uh, just like the journalistic standards? What, like, were they talking about those changing back in 2019? So they pretty much were saying how, you know, moving forward, everybody pretty much like once the baby boomer era is like gone, that all news media is going to go to like Twitter, Facebook, everything is online. You're going to see newspapers pretty much cease to exist. Um, Even news stations rarely will get used anymore. Like they were just saying how just the future of how you get your news is changing, like how it's been for the past, oh God, what, 50 years that's not going to be the case for much longer um, once this uh, baby boomer generation's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've watched like, uh, you know, movies and stuff where you talk about like somebody has to submit a story by a deadline and just thinking about how, uh, right. Like just, like just distribution, right? Like I'm a software engineer and in the old days, like you'd have to put soft before I was a software engineer, right? So software came on discs and if you made a mistake on it, like to to send somebody the updated code meant you had to ship somebody something like in the mail, you know, versus now you just right. it's over the wire. And it seems like uh, journalism has had a similar thing where, you know, you're like, oh, if I get it wrong, like before getting it wrong meant like, oh, it's not the correction's not going to come out until what, like this evening or tomorrow or later versus yep. now you're like, oh, I got it wrong. I'll just go log into the content management system, change it, publish it now, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems – do you think that has, like, led to people kind of focusing more on speed and less on accuracy because it is cheaper and easier to fix mistakes? Oh, 100% because you immediately had to go to, like, news editors, have everything, you know, re-looked through, re-read, all of it, and they would push that edition out either that day, that night, whatever. Now you can do it within five seconds. Like, now you just delete a word. This isn't correct. This isn't correct. Take this out. Put this in. Now go. And it is just so drastically different. But I agree with that, that I think the speed of which people do it now has definitely hindered accuracy. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't think about that until uh, you were kind of talking about it. But, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So so now uh, journalism, college. So now you said you, you work at ACE now. Is that correct? So I did work at ACE. I actually recently got a new job working for um, UPMC. It's a it's like our major hospital here in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I don't work at ACE any longer, but I'm still very much involved uh, with okay. ACE. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I feel like uh, when I, uh, you know, when I was in Austin, uh, Austin, Texas, and throwing at Urban, even though I never worked there, you know, I still kind of felt like I was like coaching walk-ins or rookies if if they wanted yep. help. I, I'm not just like, right. hey. uh, or even even at Twisted Axes here in Oklahoma, and it's like see somebody dropping like ten times in a row. Like, do you want any pointers? Because I, I right. <laughs> it's usually mm-hmm. step back six inches. <laughs> yep. Um, mm-hmm. um, cool. Now, uh, so congrats on your new job. Uh, Thank so. You. Uh, so do you have, uh, like, I guess what else do you have going on outside of axe throwing before we get into the depths of the axe throwing talk? Yeah. So, I mean, outside of axe throwing, um, you know, I pretty much have been working this job, like working at an axe throwing venue and then working this job are obviously drastically different. You know, I actually give or take on Fridays, Saturdays, I can go out again. Um, not to say that I didn't like working at Ace because I did. Um, but it's just nice to actually be able to get out again, um, you know, explore more of Pittsburgh, um, do all that kind of stuff and, you know, just hang out with people I haven't hung out with in a long time. 
Um, so that's been a huge plus too, uh, with this new job. Okay. And is, is Pittsburgh your hometown? It is. Yep. Born and raised. Okay. Now is it, uh, is it like Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, or is it like a suburb of Pittsburgh? Because I like, I'm from Cleveland and, but I'm not from Cleveland. I'm from a suburb of Cleveland called Strongsville. And so it's like, depending on who I talk to, like if I'm back Mm -hmm. home and I'm talking to somebody, I'd be like, you know, I'm from Cleveland. Oh, but what part? Oh, Strongsville. But like in Oklahoma, you know, nobody's asking me which suburb of Cleveland I'm from. There's like, oh, okay, Cleveland. So it's like a geographical Cleveland. rounding that's happening. Yeah. Um, so I would say I live in a suburb of Pittsburgh. Um, I live, give or take, without traffic, five minutes from downtown. It's called Munhall, PA. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm five minutes from downtown. And I actually had a roommate in college who was from Strongsville. For real? Yeah. That's crazy. That's a, that's a small world. Mm-hmm. I'd, uh, I'd ask... Uh, uh, I might try to ask who it was, but I graduated Strollingsville 05. Uh, and so at this point it's like, yeah, probably too old. <laughs> uh, he did. He did have sisters, um, that I know were older than us. And I believe right, they well. went to Strollingsville. All right. Uh, I, in, in a rare case of, uh, discipline, I might say, maybe we save that for outside the podcast. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be plenty of other tangents we could go down. <laughs> That's fair. And, That's fair. Um, so cool. Um, maybe, maybe it's just cause it's Sunday morning and I'm drinking coffee and I don't have a beer. I don't know. We'll see. Right. Um, cool. So, uh, so you said your new job means you can go out you know, like on yeah. Friday and actually explore. That's kind of like, so how, how long were you working at ACE? Like how long did you not have weekends? So I worked at ACE, uh, give or take from, oh boy, it was right before the pandemic. So that was, Oh, that was late 2019, and then the pandemic hit, and I was there until, what, this past April, or this past April, so I was there for a good two and a half years. Okay, so you had to, so you worked there through the pandemic, so you, you like, yeah. your schedule must have changed drastically. It did. Um, I'm more of an introvert, extrovert, if that makes sense. Like, I have no issue staying in relaxing, you know, going out and partying and drinking all the time. That's not my, like I'll do it, but it's not like I'll do it every weekend. So I was always cool with working weekends because, you know, that's when most people came in. That was, you know, the best time to work. Um, But yeah, so I didn't really mind giving up weekends at that point, but then I just started realizing like, you know, everybody's going out doing their own thing. And I was like, I kind of miss doing that a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, when I was in uh, community college, I worked at UPS third shift and it's like from 18 to 21. It's like, I don't mind working 11 PM till 3 AM on Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday night. Cause I'm not doing anything anyway. And then once I turned right. 21, my friend's like, Hey, do you want to come out? Do you want to come out? Do you want to come mm-hmm. out? And after like three months of being at like, I can't, I can't, I can't. So like, uh, I'd like to try seeing what this is about. And it's like for a couple months, like this is so fun. Everybody's here. And then three months mm-hmm. later, I'm like, all right, everybody's still here. <laughs> um it's like maybe i'll go do something else and that's when i got more into mma um what so uh, uh now as a as a person from pittsburgh i assume that you are a steelers fan oh die hard so uh did did you ever like um prior to uh, like working at ACE, like did, would you go to a lot of the Steeler games? And like when you started working weekends, did that interfere with your ability to go to games? Oh yeah. It, I mean, it did. Um, 
Luckily, those Sundays, give or take, uh, were always hit or miss with who worked the Sunday shift. But I went to a few Steeler games, uh, give or take. We have the same roommate that I have from Strongsville. We actually have been doing this thing for the past two or three years. We're like, we'll go off and on. So last year he came to Heinz Field. It's not Akershire Stadium. That's not a thing. It's Heinz Field. <laughs> I, I know he, what you're talking about. In, in Cleveland, we're like, nah, I still call it Jacobs Field, even though it's progressive field now. Right. So we'll like flip-flop. So this past year he came to Pittsburgh. Next year we're going to Cleveland for a game uh, when the Steelers play. So we just have this thing going on. But, yeah, definitely a diehard Steeler fan. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm uh... – I was, I was born and raised a Browns fan, but I'm uh, uh, I, I I feel like being a Browns fan and then picking on the Steelers for Roethlisberger and then the Browns signing Watson. I'm like, well, I can either be a hypocrite or I'm like, yeah, what, oh. what other what other teams we got going on? And so I'm like, yeah, I'm oh. kind of I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not going to root for Deshaun Watson. I'm also not going to root for uh, right. Jimmy Haslam because I think he's also a piece of garbage. Uh, but yeah, fair. Uh, so I was like, uh. So now I've kind of uh, embraced like the Jaguars as uh, as like my, All right. my my cellar dweller. Uh, like uh, one one of my good friends is from Jacksonville. I've been to that's probably the team I've seen the most outside of the Browns. It's also funny because the AFC North is basically the Steelers versus three different versions of the Browns. Yeah, give or take. I mean, the Bengals have been really good for God, what three four years now since they got Burrow. Yeah, well. Also, like the Bengals were started from the Browns, right? Like the Bengals play yeah. in Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. It's, mm-hmm. That's always like hilarious. Like, all right, oh, the team named after him doesn't play in the stadium named after Paul Brown. It's ridiculous. All right. All right. Um, sorry, uh, football tangent did not. All right. Um, yeah, you're good. <laughs> how, uh, I guess, like, so on those Sundays when you'd have to work, like, if there was like a, a big game or like, how would y'all have to decide, like, was it was it like seniority? Like, no, I'm going to this game. No, I'm going to that game. Like, <laughs> no, we um we we were very good about taking turns of like who was going to work or not. And you know, there were days where I mean, on every TV in the building, Steelers were playing full Steeler jersey. Um, but yeah, we pretty much just took turns. We all kind of understood. Um, it's funny though. I was the only at the time. I was the only manager there who was like an actual Steelers fan because the one guy was from Indy, so he was a Colts fan, so he didn't care about the Steelers. The other is like a – he grew up because of his dad and his family being a Giants fan, so he was a Giants fan. So I was the only Steeler fan there. Okay. So so it's not like they could go to their home games anyway. Right. Gotcha. Uh, Also, uh, I've I've lived in – Texas for a while. I live in Oklahoma now. I lived in Florida for like three months. Uh, I see more Steelers stuff like all over the country uh, more than Mm -hmm. any other team. Uh, But I think it's just because every it's like everybody's like the offspring of the generation that saw the Steelers dynasty, and so they're like, I don't know, my parents rooted for him, and Mm -hmm. so cool. Now, uh, how did you get started in axe throwing? Yeah, so it's actually a little bit of a unique story. I uh, I came home my senior year. Um, I came home for a weekend, and it was like a Thursday night. My like before we started really getting into IETF leagues, um, Ace would hold like this Thursday night like friends league. It wasn't like sanctioned or anything, but it was just a good time for everybody to come down on Thursdays and throw. Um, my mom was like, "Oh, you should you should do it. Like, I think you'd enjoy it. I think you'd enjoy it." I was like, "Nah, I'm I'm all right." I'm okay. I'm, I'm not in the mood. 
And she's like, seriously, just try it one time. You do it. I won't ask anymore. I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll do it. I went down through my first X, pretty sure it bounced. And I was like, yep, I, I see the appeal. I was like, I could see myself getting into this. So, so your mom like peer pressured you to go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, does uh, uh, Did she ever be like, I told you you should have went? Oh, she tells me all the time. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, did you did you play many sports growing up uh, before axe throwing? Yeah, so uh, my entire life I played basketball and soccer, and then in high school I did basketball, soccer, and track. Okay, were you a good free throw shooter uh, in basketball? I, feel I like was. That's probably... I was good. At, I was good at free throws. Uh, I, I've I've actually i i always like look for like weird ways i'm like oh well this is just like trying to do the same motion over and over i'm like well it's a basketball court like quarter mm-hmm. mile from my house like maybe i should get a basketball go shoot some free throws just as a as a uh, you know mix up a practice of trying to do the same thing over and over it's like nah i got mm-hmm. i got too much other stuff going on <laughs> i don't need to fair start enough. dabbling in other sports fair enough <laughs> um Cool. Now, did you, uh, so after you, you went to that, that Thursday, like how quick, how much time passed before you signed up for your first league? Um, so that was, oh boy, that was probably February of 2019. So I didn't finish school till June that year. Um, and then I remember, I want to, so, I want to say it was almost a year. Cause I believe my first ever league was either August, 2020 that sounds right. It was either August or September 2020, I think. That sounds right. So it was okay. probably about a year. Okay, so you did like the Thursday thing. And then did you like ever go back and just do like any events or was it like just nothing? And then you're like, oh, I'm ready for a league now. Yeah, I pretty much. Well, then I started working at Ace and that's when they were like, oh, hey, by the way, because uh, Dave and DMAC were the ones who brought leagues to Ace. Um and they were like, hey, our manager at the time, he was like, hey, they're starting leagues up. I think you should join. I was like, yeah, but like, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. But, you, you could swear. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm going to get my butt kicked, uh, you know, because these people have been throwing. I have been working here for a few months. There's no way I'm going to be able to compete. But the competitor in me remembers you're not going to be good at everything when you start. There's no way that's a thing. So you're going you're gonna, to, you know, take your licks. You're going to get beat a lot. And, you know, you just have to progress little bit by bit and, you know, start to get better. And that's when I was like, all right, I'll sign up for this league. Okay, so you started working at Ace before you ever did a league. I, I thought it was the other yes. way. Is, I thought it was the other way around. You're like, okay, I did this thing. It was fun. I started doing leagues and then went from like, oh, I throw here to I might as well work here. To, I, so I had it backwards in my head. So you just like, oh, this is a job. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I guess I'll do the thing. <laughs> I guess I'll yep. throw, throw in the leagues also. Yep. Uh, so, like, when when you started throwing in leagues uh, while working there, like, was basically your entire life at the venue? Yes. I spent every waking moment at Ace for, oh, boy, what, two years? Now, I, I guess, because um, I've never worked at a venue i'm still entertaining the idea of trying to open up a venue in like an itf venue in oklahoma city because there's none there i've looked at some spaces i think i had a call with somebody from the itf at some point um but i've also got like i'm trying to build a garage right now too so uh too many things going on um 
what uh, I guess I feel like uh, you know, and I, and I go to the venue. I practice at venues a lot, and so I like I get to see you know in, in an hour or two kind of block of time what you know the employees do. You know, it's like oh, when it's busy or when it's slow, or you know. But I also realize not every venue is the same. Uh, is there like a what people think it's like? working at an X-Wing venue and then like uh, what it's actually like, you're like, Oh, you must get to practice all the time versus like, no, you still have to work. Yep. Absolutely. People always think, Oh, well, you know, you worked at an X-Wing venue. All you do is practice. You get to have fun. It's not really a job. No, 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 <laughs> no. Like prior, prior to COVID, I mean, we were, we were booked every hour. So ACE, ACE is a unique venue. Um, it has like, so it's in an old bank. Okay. Um, so, so the first floor's axe throwing has a bar. Fifth floor has more axe throwing in a bar. Um, and it was just nonstop, up, down. Every floor was booked. Um, and then, yeah, they just think it's just not a job. You throw all the time. But, you know, then they also seem to forget that people aren't always the nicest human beings in the world. It's um, a service, service industry job. Yep. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like, we will get a lot of people who, like, They'll throw for about five minutes. They won't like. They won't listen to what we're saying. Um, or you'll get those six six super yoke dudes who think, "Oh, if I throw really hard, it'll work." And like <laughs> I can, I cannot tell you how many axes we went through because of stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I believe it's. Uh, I just gotta throw harder. No. Yep. You do not. Yep. <laughs> exactly the opposite. Exactly the opposite. Yeah. It, uh. Did you ever get to see? I I, I love I love watching uh, people that don't listen that think that they're like, oh, I should be good at this. I'm strong, you know, and then just mm-hmm. just get beat by somebody that just listens and they're like, oh, I just take my time and just and like, oh, I just make little adjustments and listen to the feedback that I'm given. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Yep. Right. That's what that's my favorite. Like they'll be thrown super hard, and then the person next to him just listens. And like they'll stick it, and like the big person will like look at them like they just discovered fire. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, again, not don't work at a venue, but there's been times where I'm like, I'm like you're real close. You're just just step back like six inches, mm-hmm. just give it a little yep. bit more time. Or, or even like if they're hitting flat, and it's like maybe it's you know it's like a crappy board or an old board. I'm like you just gotta stick with the toe more. So just step absolutely. Uh, either either turn down your power a little bit, step back a little bit, uh, and then. And, and then it's cool because, like, I've watched people just, like, drop 10 in a row and then stick, like, the next five in a row just from, like, one little piece. And uh, the hard mm-hmm. part is, like, you know, I mean, and I say this as just a, a somebody, a league person just observing, you know. Uh, you're like, do you want any feedback? Like, no, I got it. Like, I don't think you got it. Yeah, I don't think you do. <laughs> cool. Now, um, so, like – one of the things I have wondered about, and it's feedback I've heard from other competitors, is uh, like when it comes to practice, right? Uh, because I'm very mm-hmm. much, but as a person, like I have a target in my backyard, but it's like either, my, you know, if it rains, my backyard's a swamp, or if it's hot, it's hot. I don't have shade, or there's mosquitoes, and I'm a baby, and I don't want to get bit by mosquitoes because apparently my blood is too sweet for that. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> so I don't, I don't practice as much in my backyard as I like, but I've heard people say they're like, you know, it's better to go in and just do a like a little bit of focused practice instead of just going and throwing for three hours nonstop. Right. Right. 
But when I'm paying for an hour of practice, I'm like, well, I want to get as many throws in that hour as I can. And I've been trying to like break mm-hmm. that mental habit. But I wonder right. if working at a venue, like, was it totally, you're like, oh, on the rare instance, it was slow or if like you had a cancellation or something. Was it like, were you all like encouraged or allowed to like, oh, go throw for, you know, go throw, you know, 15 throws, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so like give or take on any day, if it got slow, we did all our stuff that we needed to, you know, we had boards painted, we had all of them set. We had all the stuff set, tables cleaned off, all the lanes swept before, all that stuff. Um, yeah, the workers would always like do competitions against each other, um, whether that be like around the world stuff, um, you know, playing, oh God, cricket, like in darts. Okay. Um, yeah, we would always do stuff like that when it got slow and we, you know, had everything done that was needed to. I just, uh, I've, I've been trying to think of like ways to introduce, uh, stakes into like practice matches, right? Uh, like for example, at, uh, at Twisted X's UConn on Wednesdays, people like, cause leagues on Thursday. So people meet up on Wednesday and just kind of hang out. And I don't always get to make it to that, but like, oh, like we'll do practice matches, but I like to try and introduce stakes, you know? Uh, and so it's like, it doesn't have to be like money. Um, like for example, uh, one time we were playing for uh, control of the jukebox, right? It's like, uh, <laughs> so it's like, like that whoever wins gets to pick, you know, like, uh, because it's like, it's like, sure, touch tunes is money, but it's not like money. It's more like, you know, all right, this is going to set the vibe of, and it's like, yep. Josh, if you don't, uh, if, if you don't hit this kill shot, I'm going to play crazy town. <laughs> like just, just to, just to troll you. So uh, that's, that's what's on the line. If you miss this, you have to hear butterfly. Um, I kind of like that idea. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like it's not money. It's almost more like uh, it, it's like it's like uncomfort, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, hmm. did would y'all ever like have any kind of like stakes or anything into your little uh, like impromptu slow kind of matches? Like you're like, all right, hey, I'll bet you know, uh, you know, loser has to clean the toilets or whatever. I don't know. So we would do stuff like that. Um, usually, somehow involved alcohol. Um, <laughs> more often than not, but. Um, no, it was, we definitely did stuff like that. Um, we would always do like put people under pressure. So like our lanes are broken up with dividers. Um, and when you would throw, like someone would be in the lane next to you, just talking the most shit to you, like in your face to show that you can focus, you know, if someone's yelling or someone's chanting from the back, like you're going to have to focus. And that was another thing we often did. Um, that was really entertaining. Um, trying to think, but yeah, no, definitely giving out, the lesser of the more exciting jobs was definitely given to the loser. Okay. Who, uh, who's, who's one of the best shit talkers in Pittsburgh or is it is basically everybody kind of rose to that level? Yeah. So we kind of all talk shit on each other. Um, it's all in good fun because we all dish it and take it. So that's what makes it fun. Um, I'm trying to think I, I talk a lot of shit jokingly talk shit <laughs> because when I talk shit, I lose. <laughs> Like it, like inevitably. Oh yeah, every time. So it, so would that mean like people would try and goad you into talking shit, knowing that you then lose? Yeah, or they'll talk <laughs> to me in general because like during matches I don't speak or at least try not to, because the moment I start talking, my focus gone out the window. Oh yeah, I I can relate to that, and I I I know I'm guilty of that, but I still like to talk. Well, I kind of read the room. It's like if my opponent wants to talk, I'll try and talk. But if they want to talk, I try not to. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to respect their preference if if possible. Right. Absolutely. Now, um, 
I guess uh, another thing about the just working at a venue, do you think like you're like, okay, we have five minutes. Let's go squeeze in a little practice match. Uh, do you think that that helps you like prepare for tournaments in the sense that you're like, you know, you don't get a lot of time to warm up. You're like, all right, we got, let's go. Let's knock it out. All right. So it's kind of like, like there is no warm up. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. your name just got called. Go throw. Okay. Back to work. Yep. That was actually something I did a lot working there last year before ITC. Like I would throw for 10, 15 minutes. Then I would sit for 45 minutes. And then okay. I would just go in, like, take no practice, go right in. You mess up, you mess up. You got to fix it, hitting your stuff. Um, then I would take another break of, like, 15, 20 minutes, give or take, when it would happen. Go right back in again because you don't get practice throws after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked practicing cold, but I also really liked practicing when I was worn down, when I felt fatigued because when you get into those later tournaments, you know, you're throwing for hours and hours. You're waiting for hours and hours. So the way you can throw while, like, if you can throw well while you're fatigued, you're set. Yeah. Um, so, go. Uh, question for you: Like, did you have, um, did you have kind of like different modes of practice? So, like, it sounds like you would try and practice under different conditions. But did you have like a a standardized practice? Like, would you just do like, would you throw matches? Would you just do like, you know, clutch bull, clutch bull, clutch? And it was kind of like just the V shape, uh, or like, like what? What did your practices kind of look like? So I would always make up scenarios in my head. Um, for premiere, I would do like, okay, me and the person next to me hit four bulls. We both go up. If I hit, they hit, we go big X. Um, there are times where like I would miss, they would hit. I'd say, okay, it's like one, one. I'd make up scenarios in my head of like, okay, now you're tied. Now you're down. Now you're up. Um, and constantly have to focus like, okay, this this could be it. Like you have to bear down now. Um, so when times were like that, where it'd be like 2-1 to myself or I would be down 2-1, I'd be like, okay, like now you're going to have to hit your stuff, go for clutches, go for bulls, all that kind of stuff. Um, and same thing with big X. Um, like if I hit bull, they hit bull. Pretty much I would just make up scenarios in my head and just go with that. With, I, like uh, I, I assume the answer to this question is going to be no, but like, I don't know, like, would you ever uh, practice? You're like assuming that your opponent missed their clutch. You're like, no, like I, <laughs> I'm expecting them to hit it. I'm expecting them to bowl in, and then I'm expecting I need to hit this premier clutch to stay alive. Pretty much, yeah. That was that was all I ever did. Was like, if you miss, you got to assume that when you're going to these major tournaments, that your opponent more often than not is going to hit. Um, so when I would miss, I more often than not gave them the round when I missed. Yeah. The, that makes sense. Yeah. We, um, have had some like kind of newer leaguers that just did their first tournament recently. And it's one of those things like you, you have to go up now. Like you can't not go up here. Like you have, no, you have no, like, even if you throw a bull, like you have no chance of winning with the bull, you have to go up. And then they're like, I probably should have gone up there. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. They're like, Oh, I just, I was just kind of throwing like we do in league. Like, Oh, we need to, <laughs> we need to work on how you throw in league. Um, it's like right. league throw and tournament throw, vastly different. Way and, different. Uh, do you, did you have any kind of anything, any way to practice? Because um, one of the things that uh, it's, it's, I feel like it, it's like bittersweet about ITF is uh, what, as you mentioned, like you don't get any practice throws right after outside after your first match, no practice throws. Um, but also going back and forth between hatchet and big axe. 
right? Because there's been, especially if like you, you know, uh, I, I can remember trying to go clutch before I was good enough to hit big X clutches. And so it's like, I missed like 10. Well, I, it'd be like, okay, three missed clutches back to bowl. All right. Throw a three. They throw a three throw. All right. We bowl in. Okay. But three more clutches. We both missed. And so it's like, I just threw like 10 big X throws in a row. And then mm-hmm. that first hatchet throw, I just sail, you know, it's like, Oh right. yeah, this thing's Absolutely. lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any kind of uh, structured way to practice that other than just switching back and forth? Um, besides uh, switching back and forth, not really. I have come to the realization that for league and for tournaments moving forward, that with my big X throw, I am going to practice throwing at the clutch because when I use my practice throw for the bullseye, I usually, you know, I'll hit a bullseye and then my normal throw, I'll throw a three. Oh, uh, yep. You're like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have wasted the practice uh-huh. throw on, on the bull. Uh-huh. So now I start throwing, now I've started throwing at clutches for practice. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, um, I guess, um, do you, so now that you no longer work at ACE, like do you still practice a lot or is it basically just like just league or depending on like what's, coming, yeah. what kind of events are coming up? It definitely depends on the events coming up. Um, I definitely have, did not practice this year as much as I did for last year's ITC. Uh, and I'm still kicking myself for that. Um, but yeah, I've definitely not practiced as much as I've wanted to or needed to. Um, but I do have the urban open coming up. So, you know, that's another one I'd really like to win. Um, so I'm definitely going to be putting a lot of practice in for that the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, definitely haven't been able to practice as much since leaving ACE. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, um, how far is ACE from your house? Like if you wanted to go practice, uh, is that like, like, uh, like, would it take you long to do it, or is it like, no, it's just down the road? It's eight minutes down the road. Oh, that sounds that's wonderful. I, uh, when you're, uh, for me, it's like the closest venue to practice at. Uh, it's like twenty-ish minutes, depending on traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, right, but I'm still like, I just I hate I get real bad road rage, so I just hate driving. Agreed. <laughs> um, I just drove to. Texas yesterday to go see a baseball game to meet some friends for a friend's birthday party. And it's like, oh, let's go, let's meet in the middle, see, you know, Guardians play the Rangers. Like, all right. And then just me on Texas highways, like, get out of the (laughs) passing lane. It's for passing. Um, um, when, uh, I guess approach, I guess maybe now's a good time to, uh, kind of transition to some of like the kind of like IATC and like, I guess, how did you prepare for ITC, but not just you, because, uh, you know, like in Pittsburgh, y'all crushed it at this year's ITC. What, like four in the top 32? Yep, four in the top 32 and then three in the top five. So, like, were, would y'all, like, coordinate and essentially almost run, like, little, like, uh, I guess, how, how many how many people from ACE went to ITC this year? So, it's that's actually kind of a funny story. Um, so... With regionals this year, they let the regional winners go automatically to round two. They would just have, you know, um, they would just have to do their qualifying throws, but they were already locked in for round two. Right. Didn't um, Corbin so Dave, won regional and then just threw all clutches? He did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I want to get that story eventually, but sorry. Uh, so regional, no, Dave. Good. Yeah. So Dave won our regional, so he was automatically bid in. Um but with that, Ace was only given or allotted two spots. 
Um, that's not so. Spots. No, it's not. But that's just something we've tried to discuss. Um, so Tim, Tim, big time actually beat me in terms of qualifying this year. Um, we had the same hatchet. We hit seventy three of seventy five bulls, and then he beat me by on big axe by one throw. So he was technically <laughs> the number one thrower out of ace. I was number two. So had Dave have not, because Dave threw 75 bulls. So mm-hmm. technically it would have been Dave and Tim. Had Dave have not won regional, I wouldn't have gone to Canada. And you came in third. <laughs> so you were, yeah. you were, uh, you were Dave. If Dave had won regional, the third place finisher wouldn't have qualified. <laughs> Correct. Yes. That's a, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, that is, that is one of the things that's like uh, tricky, right? Because I know it's and it, it's not even like, um, it, and I know there's like conversations about it, and uh, there's plenty of like people have you know totally valid grievances about it. And it's like there's the representation piece, and then there's like isn't there like a regional piece, mm-hmm. and then like there's the venue, like the venues. Well, I I don't know have a better word for venue, but this is just my software engineering brain trying to like uh, uh, I I consider a venue like one location. Right, like mm-hmm. urban Austin, I would call a venue. Uh, right, but then, like, what would you call the like a franchise? Like, what would you call like urban or like how many how many locations does Ace have? One. Okay, uh, so uh, so that would just be uh, the same word for both. <laughs> it's both a, yeah. a org yep. and a venue. Um, yep. But like like a battle or an urban, like what would you use? What word would you use as a, as a journalist? Uh, what word would you use to kind of describe that hierarchy? For lack of a better term, I feel like you would have to use the term franchise because that's essentially what it is. Okay. Um, yeah, there's multiple locations. Um, I can't think of a better word at the moment that wouldn't justify as it being a franchise. But yeah, um, that whole round one situation scared me because there were terms that we were only going to get one spot. And I was like, yeah. oh boy. Yeah, well, and then um, even just the way to qualify for round one because like – um, like one of my favorite things about the ITF is that playoffs matter, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and I don't know if it's changed because I haven't thrown I've, I've thrown like one ITF marathon league, uh, in I think like last year. So I haven't, I haven't thrown ITF league in over in over a year, and that that bums me out because I think it's I think they're a lot of fun, although. Mm-hmm. Uh, like how long, you know, like how long is league going to take? Like, well, that depends on how many rounds go to big axe and how long it yep. takes to start hitting these big axe clutches. Um, uh-huh. But uh, is it still like, so for, for the regular season, is it like first place gets 16, is it champion points? Oh boy. <laughs> I am the wrong person to ask that. Oh, okay. I have. I have no idea how champs points works. I have no idea about any of that stuff. Well, and but like the only thing that champs points matters for is just getting you to round one, right? Getting Correct. you to throw qualifiers, right? Correct. Yes. And so, but obviously, if you're like winning leagues or placing second, because the, the way that I remember it, and if if it's changed, please uh, somebody please correct me. Uh, but the way I recall it was uh, getting like having the better win loss record in the regular season was better than winning the tournament. Like the most champ points I think you could get back when I was doing it was like 24. You get 16 for the one seed and then eight, I think for first in the tournament. So 24 for a league, I think. Hmm. Um, 
But again, the only thing I remember happening with that is like that's just how you get to round one. Correct. Um, yes. Um, but so obviously you're like, all right, I want a league. Um, cause, cause then it's like, oh, the only the, there's like certain things or certain conditions like, all right, if you want a league or it, you know, then like, I think maybe like automatic, I don't, I can't remember how, um, but it's like, you're like, if you're winning leagues, you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about making it to round one. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm confident I will make it to round one. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of parameters. I know one of them's like, if you finish top four in a league, like between however many leagues you do in a seat in a technical circuit, um, I believe it's top four. Yeah, like those champ points. Um, I'm trying to think of what else they do in terms of that for round one, but I can't recall them at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, I, but I do miss that. Like, you know, week eight like meant something. Like, like um. So like in in waddle leagues, like you know the regular season, it's funny because I feel like I would throw worse in weeks one through seven because I'm like, oh okay, like these, there's no like pressure other than just throw an average, you know, right? Versus like week eight, I'm like, no, like well, also at um at Urban Austin, they had a really cool, it wasn't it was like you didn't get to keep this trophy, but they had this trophy, uh, it was like a goblet made out of three axes with like a cup on it, uh, and mm-hmm. then uh the winner got to chug a beer out of it. Uh, and I was like, I really want to chug a beer out of that. And so it's like, you're like the the stakes to win, yeah, if, mm-hmm. to win a league. You're like, I get to get to hold this badass trophy and chug a beer out of it. Um, uh, versus like, okay, it's week eight. This is just for it's just a fun tournament. It's just tournament practice. Like, no, it's that trophy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I was gonna say Detroit X did that too. I think. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, don't, I have no idea. I've never been to Detroit X. I, I like. Uh, I'll be going to Detroit. On Labor Day for the Eurathon. Uh, <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> uh, did, were you tempted to sign up for that, or is there like a, absolutely not, no way in hell? So it's one of those things that, like, to say that I did it and to say that it was the first one to ever be done, that is, I want, I was like, oh my God, to say that you did this in a weekend and just to say you were part of the first that did it, that was what I debated because Chris Ross hell of a mind on that guy and he Mm -hmm. just when he came up with this i was like oh my god and dave was like yeah i'm going you should go and i was like oh buddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i the the reason that you mentioned for signing up for it the just like it just it's a story right yep what do you you get if you win it bragging rights i don't know i I just want to go because it i but i'm also like you know, remember like the show Jackass? Where like, please don't try this at home. I was like, I'm trying that. <laughs> I'm trying that at home. And so like, something could be absolutely. Like, it could be like a dumb idea. It's like, oh, that's like, oh, like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt myself doing that. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. But then if you push it past that point to like, like okay, like this is all right. This is ill advised. If you push into like, this is excessively like this is ridiculous. This is absurd. And I'm like, now I'm in. Like, yep. Like, when it goes from being like, all right, this is, you know, understandable, but just kind of unreasonable to like, this shouldn't happen. Like yet now I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the part that I was like, oh my, I might have to do it. <laughs> well, I think, I think there might still be spots left. So I don't know. Oh uh, God. Oh, I, maybe we uh, get some uh, community peer pressure. Was there like an <laughs> RV full of Carolina people? Uh, road tripping up there? I don't know. 
I would believe that. Um, gotcha. Now, um, I think I maybe started asking this question and then got distracted. Uh, approaching IATC, mm-hmm. uh, right? Because, you know, you had, oh, that, yeah, that's right. Because I asked, like, how many of y'all were getting ready? Um, so it's like, because you have, I mean, just uh, the four in the top 32. So I was like, uh, so you, Dave, um, Showtime, uh, who am I missing? Uh, it was Tim. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Um, so would y'all like coordinate to practice for ITC? You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, you just have like little four person tournaments. <laughs> so I remember on our Tuesday leagues, um, leading up to Canada, we would play this game. It's called sevens. Um, okay. I believe it, I believe it was Brandon and Tim and Adeline that showed me it. Um, so what we would do on all eight lanes, we'd line up and we'd throw premier clutches. You hit, you go up one, you know, so and so on. Once someone got to seven, you got a technical redemption shot. So, like, you'd go down the line. The first person misses, then the next goes. They miss, whatever. The third person, say, hits it. Everybody goes down one. So, say if you were at four when they hit seven, now you're at three, and that person goes back down to six. Okay. So, literally, we would throw at clutches for, oh, God, these competitions lasted, like, 45 minutes. Yeah, that's uh, I can see like, and was it just the first person? I, I, were you trying to go up, or are you trying to like trying to stay at seven, or trying to get to zero? So you were trying to get to seven. So like, say say Adeline hit seven, and we all were at like three or four. Um, say somebody else hits, then we drop down to two. She just dropped down to six, and it's the first one to seven. And then when everybody else misses their redemption shot. Oh, okay. So if um, I guess as far as that like redemption shot goes. Um, would it be the person who hit seven? Would they go down one for every person that hit? So if you had eight no. people, oh, okay. It was just, if somebody hits, they, if somebody hits, they, they just don't drop get one. seven. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So it kind of yeah. basically practices like not, so it, it almost kind of takes it out of the thrower's control. It's like, yeah, like you need to hit to win, but you also yep. need your opponent to miss to win. Yep. Oh yeah. I can see that taking forever oh it took so long <laughs> i can see that like getting into like i thought you said you were going to be home by nine i thought i was too and then clutches happened <laughs> like you're not allowed you can go practice but you're not allowed to play sevens right um okay well uh yeah that that explains why you had four in the top 32 um <laughs> yeah that sounds like a what who uh I guess of the times y'all played this game sevens, uh, would you typically, would you have different winners usually, or was there somebody that usually kind of dominated it? Uh, or is it like we played it three times total because it took forever each time? Um, so it, it honestly did vary. Um, Brandon is one of the best clutch throwers I've ever seen. Um, super natural throw kind of pisses me off. Not kind of, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, he won, he wins a lot. Um, trying to think but yeah aside from that we always just took turns of winning and everybody else took turns of winning and it it was nice to see because it's not nice having one person win everything all the Mm -hmm. time yeah um but yeah um we definitely took turns of who won um i guess uh what what's it like for right because so i you mentioned uh was it adeline yeah so I've I've never met Adeline. Um, I feel like I've heard the name before, 
But so, you know, I know the top four and then Adeline, uh, mm-hmm. but like, I imagine what, like how many leagues happen at ACE and what's it like for somebody that's like, a, like a rookie. They're like, Oh, I want to throw in leagues. Like, is, do you have separate, well, I guess that'd be the premier league. Right. So it's like, okay, right. probably not getting a rookie in premier league. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So we have our Tuesday murder league. Um, that's our premier league. Um, then we have, give or take, when we get the people for it, we have a Thursday standard league. And when we get, when we would get people in, we'd be like, oh, you know, like we think you should join Thursday because if you join Tuesday and that's your first league, we won't see you again. Right. Um, like like it, it, it's something that you, I mean, listen, you want to join Tuesday right off the bat, have at it. That's a good way of practicing. That's how we all learned was, you know, Everybody was just so much better than everyone when you first start because that's just how it is um, until you get going. But Thursday, I think, you know, was a good kickstarter for a lot of people, um, you know, to get started with getting used to the style of IETF, getting used to throwing, getting used to the community feel. Um, But, yeah, so we pretty much have those two leagues. Okay. I I could see somebody that is determined enough to, like, all right, I want to hang with – you know, the people in the murder league, like, all right, well, uh, if, if you're, uh, if you're determined, like it's going to be good yep. practice. Yes, it is. It really is. Um, what, uh, I guess, what gear are you throwing for, I guess, like which disciplines Like, you know, I guess, uh, you know, do you first, do you switch axes for, uh, for bull and for clutch? I do. Um, so for bulls, I throw a regular still stock handled shop pro. Um, nice. Yeah. It, I mean, Dave, Dave has like touched it up, sanded it, all the paint's gone, but it's still like, it's not a custom handle. It is completely OG handle. Um, then for my clutch, I ha- or for my clutch X, I throw a plum super scout on a Kevin Bradley handle. Um, and then my big X is a plum Dayton head. And that is the only big X I throw. Okay, yeah, you uh, so um, so you're not switching for, with you're not switching big axe for bull and clutch. No. Okay, We're, um, and so that that was uh, ITC twenty three. Were you switching, uh, axes for clutch at ITC twenty twenty two? Because I was at ITC twenty twenty, like I, you know, I was watching there, and mm-hmm. I, I think I remember watching it. Um, and again, uh, my my memory is probably hazy at best. Um. But I think I remember watching, uh, so like you and Sycon, and w- was Sycon switching or were you switched? Was somebody switching and somebody wasn't? I can't remember exactly. I know I was switching. I'm not positive if he was because I know he was throwing, I want to say it was the, oh, I always mess up the name. Is it a distal head? Distal steel head? Uh, distal steel, I think. Is yeah. Marcus Brown? Yeah. I want to say that was one of the ones he was throwing. I'm not positive if he switched though. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I, I feel like I remember like, uh, yeah, I think my memory is just like, all right, Oh, they're ready to throw by the time somebody's like pick, like switched up, switched axes. So, um, right. now, as so you said, uh, you got the, the plum Dayton for your big X. Um, mm-hmm. how did you like, uh, I, I guess this maybe is not a question that I've asked. How did you kind of arrive at which, 
axes you were going to use for which things? Or is it just kind of like trial and error? You're like, this is what I have, so I'm just going to make it work, and I'm just going to, like, I'm going to change myself to fit what I have? Or you're like, I tried a bunch of stuff, and this just clicked. Yeah, so I started throwing on, like, I mean, like a legit house axe to start because I was new. I didn't know any better at the time. Um, and then I switched to what I feel like everybody starts with, the cold steel. Yep. Which I say what you want about them, especially for premier clutches. Having that straight blade, it's nice to have. Um, so I went from that. Then to a, I bought a Flying Fox off DMAC through that for a while. And then I don't remember how I started throwing my Shaw Pro. I remember I think Dave was telling me like, oh, you know, like these are great axes. They'll be good for Premier when it first starts. There's, you know, and I bought a regular Shaw Pro. He did all the stuff to it. Have not thrown another axe in three years, two years. Um, nice. That's a that's some good. That's also just some good shit talking uh, ammunition. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, you got this, like, you know, crazy expensive custom axe, and I still beat you with my, you know, <laughs> you know really just kind of like my just fine-tuned stock axe. Yeah, I wish I could say the same about my super scalp because that's custom handled. Uh, I'm in no place to criticize anybody for I, – I, uh, I, I've had to make an agreement with my wife that I will not buy any more axes this year. Oh, there you go. You only have, what, five more months? Uh, well, I mean, like – uh, at, at this point I'm like, I'm trying to like, just like, I think I went too far in like the quantity and not high enough on the quality. I'm like, all right, well, mm-hmm. I want to get some quality stuff and not just like off, off the shelf or off, you know, the website. And it's like, but now I still have like, you know, a bucket or a bag full of just like old cheap stock stuff. I'm like, I should get rid of that. I tell myself right. that once I open a venue, then those will just become house axes. Mm-hmm. But until then. Fair until- enough. So, uh, uh, so tell me about your custom big axe. Oh, so that's a huh, that axe is an axe that Dave made. Um, it's honestly like throwing a toothpick. It is light. I love it. It doesn't wear my arms out if I have to throw it continuously. Um, yeah, it's it's not like a legit. I guess you could say custom handle, but Dave did a really nice job on it. Um, and wanted to then rebuy it off of me again. <laughs> so, so it's got like gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, funny. It's that's another running joke. Like he he likes his shop pro more than he likes my shop pro. Okay. Um, it's just funny how that worked. Oh, um, something that you said earlier that I I think maybe it's just like kind of like uh, on your your timeline of axe throwing. So I think you said your first mm-hmm. league was what end of twenty or wait. It was first league was twenty twenty fall twenty twenty ish spring summer yeah it was fall yeah it was fall it was fall twenty twenty so so your first league fall twenty twenty mm-hmm. and then I guess less than two years later you're coming in second at IATC twenty twenty two yeah I guess so did did you qualify or I guess there was no ITC twenty twenty one right because uh, no. because of the pandemic no. right um. Now, had you ever, uh, like, had you done any, I mean, I guess there really wasn't a whole lot of big tournaments in, especially in ITF. Had you done many big tournaments before IATC 2022? I'm trying to think. When did we hold our first ACE championship? Yep, it would have been 2021 that we held our ACE championship because that was our first one that we did. 
Um, in April of 21. Um, was that an invitational? That one was, yeah. I that think one was I, the first. I think I might have qualified for that one because I think I'd still had some good ITF like standings. I was like, I can't make this. Uh, and I'm, now I'm like, should have uh, should have made it work. Oh well. Yeah, they're so fun. I I love our tournaments. I love our venue. Not to be biased, but I do. I'm a fan. I, I didn't realize that um, was distributed across multiple floors. Oh yeah, yeah. We have our first floor and our fifth floor. Is the elevator broken? Oh. Like, uh, gotta take the steps. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds like there might be a story there, but uh, I'll leave that for another time. Um, so, uh, so you had the 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 Invitational at Ace in 2021. How how'd you do with that one? I guess uh, it sounds like a year before. Uh, well, also like that's your home venue, right? Like, did you feel like whoa, right. everybody else traveled here? Like, oh, I didn't even have to get a hotel mm-hmm. or a flight or nothing. It's funny. I actually throw my worst at Ace. For real? Yeah, I I legitimately I don't know what it is. I came in third that year, um, and that is like I just I don't know what happens, but for some reason at Ace, just for some reason I just do not throw my best, and I don't understand it. Okay then. So so that was so you came in third at that Ace tournament. Uh, were the, did you have any yeah. other tournaments between that tournament and then uh, ITC twenty twenty two? Like you know a year and change later. Yeah, I did the Urban Open that year, and I want to. And yeah, then I did Choptober that year. Gotcha. I uh, now how how did you do at those tournaments? Uh, Urban came in third. Um, Choptober, I know I didn't do that well. I want to say, mm, I want to say ninth, but that's probably wrong. I like how for you, you're like, oh, ninth is bad. When I'm like, I don't think I've ever came in ninth at a big tournament, so I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be stoked, in the top ten. Uh, but it's, uh, I guess it's all a matter of perspective. I still haven't made it to a Choptober, and as long as it keeps happening by a Halloween weekend, uh, I'm just gonna keep going to my punk rock music music festival in Florida on Halloween weekend. So uh, that sounds like a fun Halloween, though. Uh, it's a, especially because uh, it's like. I mean, like a punk a punk festival is already kind of costumey to begin with. It's right because people are wearing costumes. They're just kind of uh, this is just kind of. But uh, I bring sometimes I bring a costume, and my default costume is Duffman from The Simpsons. So <laughs> nice. So it's a it's a good costume. It checks all the boxes. Fairly recognizable. Doesn't uh, doesn't obscure. It doesn't interfere with use of my hands or mouth. Uh, so it's a you know one time I wore a Yoda mask. It's like oh, I can't drink beer through a Yoda mask. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I want to go to Choptober, but, uh, fest, uh, is, that is, that's my, it's my favorite weekend of the year. So it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's like, it's got to, maybe we can move Choptober fest. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or maybe move fest to Choptober. I don't know. Um, cool. Now, I guess, tell me about, uh, about IETC 2020, we're at IETC 2022. Cause I, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, you know, because like, I was, I that was my first IATC that I qualified for. Uh, I did not, mm-hmm. uh, I did not make it to day two. Uh, I did beat big time though, uh, and I actually, I think, yeah. uh, uh, but uh, it sounds like uh, it sounds like he would wipe the floor with me now. 
So uh, shout, shout out Big Ten. Also, shout out to him for uh, – I can't remember which episode it was, but uh, it was cool. It, it was like, hey, man, like, can I interview before since when the brackets came out? And so it's, uh, yeah. I, I don't remember which episode number it is, but uh, if you want to hear Big Ten's in, uh, interview, it's on the internet somewhere. Um, yeah, it is. Um, but I think I went like three and two. Uh, I think I got – who knocked me out? Was it uh, – it... oh, no, oh, uh, 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 Rowdy Rob. Uh, I think Jedi sent me to be – and then uh, mm-hmm. Rowdy Rob knocked me out. Um, okay. That ma- yeah, my, my match with Rowdy Rob was absurd. I think at one point we were both crab walking while the judge was sciencing. It was it was silly. Um, but <laughs> that sounds uh, right. Um, which which, uh, which venue were you th- were you throwing at Stockyard uh, ITC twenty twenty two? So yeah, last year I was at Stockyard. This year I was at Pickering. Oh, I, like so. When it came time, when you got like your your kind of Saturday assignment, for lack of a better term, did you mm-hmm. get a hotel out by Pickering? Yeah, so a bunch of us Pittsburghers, um, we got a house out in Pickering because we just assumed like, oh well, if some of us make it today too, whatever, like we're right there. Um, and that yeah, makes sense. it it just it could not have worked out better. <laughs> did uh did y'all fly up there or did y'all carpool up there? Oh, uh, we carpooled. How long is that drive from Pittsburgh to Toronto? Uh, five hours. Oh, that's not bad. Oh no, it's not bad at all. Yeah, I was like, I'm trying to remember, like driving from Cleveland to Toronto is like it's longer, but I had to go around the lake. Yeah. Yep. So cool. Um, because I, I feel like I see 2022. You know, I I remember maybe uh, right? Actually, no. I I see. Oh no, I see ITC 2020 was my first one, but mm-hmm. I think I just forgot about it because I did not throw well. <laughs> I was like, all right, I, I, I qualified, I went, I lost, and now I had fun. Um, mm-hmm. And so just trying to like think about like which names I remember hearing. You know, uh, and then it's like, because um, I guess at like the Pittsburgh tournaments, do you, like, it seems like a bracket uh, is, a, is a very popular place for you in tournaments. <laughs> well, I mean, Partially, yes, but when I get knocked down to B, I don't stay in B very long. Gotcha. Have you ever had like, a? Have you ever been like knocked to B early and then had a run on run from B, or is it like you're like no, I cruise through A and then I hit a speed bump? Yeah, uh, this past Ace Championship we held, uh, my second match of the day was against Dave. Are you uh, so. are you getting sick of playing Dave? Nope. <laughs> Do you um? Like, do you have kind of like a mental record uh, of you're like, all right, well, uh, I got him last time. He got me the time before that. Like, do you kind of go back and forth or is it like, or okay, I get him in league matches, but then in the playoff matches, you know, or is it pretty much evenly distributed? I, I would say it's evenly distributed and I think he would agree. I mean, obviously early days took me to the cleaners frequently. Um, but yeah, then I would say it's definitely been over time at least within the past year and a half, it's definitely been distributed evenly between us. Okay. Um, do you, um, do you remember any of like your kind of like milestones, like your first standard 81, first premier 81, first league championship, first tournament win, like any of those? Yeah. Uh, my first 81 was actually against Dave's wife. Um, oh, okay then. <laughs> um, that I do remember. Uh, my first premier 81, I remember, like, I kept getting 74s, 79s, 74s, and I was about to lose it. 
<laughs> and I remember the first one I threw, I was so focused. I remember like blocking out everybody and I just remember throwing and I was like, and it was like, I knew immediately that it was good. And I remember losing my mind. Like, like, like in your head, were you losing your mind before the ax was in the board? Oh, I, t- in my head, I'm talking to myself. I'm like, I swear to God, if you do this shit one more time. <laughs> did, uh, did, did you, I, I assume you had a, like a big exclamation, like a, you know, either like a, a yell or a swear or. <laughs> oh yeah. I said, holy F. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, it's finally, like it's finally off my back. Have, um, have you ever had a, uh, a double premiere 81? Has that, has that, uh, happened? I know like, uh, you know, I know like Dave and Rander, I know cause like playoffs is best, you know, best mm-hmm. five or best of seven. So it's not like, uh, you know, like, a, you know, an 81, but it's like, right. Um, I've never seen a a double premiere eighty one in person. Other, well, I mean, like you know, so whatever I saw on like the ITC stream. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in our, I know we haven't done it. I know we've tried. We've gotten a lot of seventy four eighty ones, um, but never have we ever. I don't think we've ever seen a dueling eighty one in like a league night. No. I don't think. Okay. For all of ITF, I de- I definitely could be wrong, and someone can definitely like listening to this is. Oh well, we did it, but and I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> but to my knowledge, at least, I don't think there's been a premier dueling eighty-one. Okay, now, um, I guess, um, so you've kind of talked about like your, oh, uh, actually, let me let me back up. I guess this kind of goes back to like a milestone question. Um, so once you kind of like joined like the murder league, right? And you're like, all right, I want to, I want to hang with, you know, these, the veteran throwers that are, you know, you know, crushing league. Uh, right. What was it like for you the first time that like you beat somebody in the murder league like, or that you won the murder league? So this wasn't necessarily in that league specifically. Um, I remember the first time that I beat Dave and this was when Dave was like red hot from, I believe he was fourth at 2020 ITC. We went to a marathon league up in New Jersey at Clutch Shot, and it went for 12. It went for 16 hours. That's a long time. Oh, people like were messaging us like we went to sleep and woke up and you were still throwing. <laughs> and, what, like how many people oh, were in the marathon league? Why did it go so long? Oh like, god, there was oh, there were so many people. I want to say it was close to 30 maybe. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Oh. Oh, it was so long. And yeah, I just remember in playoffs, I knocked him out and I like, everyone kind of like looked at me and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> did you go on to win or was your brain you're like, I did it. I did the hard part. And you're like, oh, we got to finish the job. <laughs> no, I ended up coming in second. I've, I've had that happen before. We we're like, I've never beat this person before. And then I beat them. I was like, yes, I did it. Uh, and mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not done. Whoops. Right. So, celebrate too early. <laughs> yeah, but in your head, you're like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter now. I won today. It doesn't matter what happens now. Yeah, it's already a good day. Um, mm-hmm. What What was it like for you at this year's ITC uh, realizing, like, um, I, I guess if, right, because uh, Rander knocked you to B, 
And I guess that yep. was what a a semifinals. Uh, nope, that was a final. Oh, a final. Okay, so yep. Um, so yep. if you had won that one, there mm-hmm. was a chance that it could have been you and Dave in finals. Like, like if if Dave had beat Rand, so if if you had won that one, you would have went to a finals again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. and then Rander would have went to B finals and then played Dave. Yes. So are are you a uh, a bracket looker adder person? I try not to. Um, I pretty much have lined up the idea of like, okay, I know whoever I'm playing is going to want to knock my head off. Like, you just have to laser in knowing whoever you play, doesn't matter who it is, you're going to have to throw your best because on any given Sunday, anyone can beat anybody, especially in Premier. What, uh, what, I guess, so... As somebody like, I try not to look at the bracket because, and I know some people will be like, "Oh, if you win and they win, then you guys are going to meet over there," um, or what? You know, I'm like, I don't, just don't, don't do that. Don't tell me that. <laughs> like, if right. I want to no. know that, I'd, I'd know that. Um, yep, that's exactly how it is. Uh, at, at any point, did you realize you're like, oh, uh, me and Dave could meet in the finals? Like that could happen. So when I had knocked Dave into B. Um, that was actually the best match I had thrown the entire weekend was that first match I played Dave. Um, and it was at that point I was like, well, still, like, there's still three Pittsburghers left in the top five that I could play. Well, two, I guess. Um, and I was like, we, this could be a Pittsburgh final. I was like, we could do this. We were close, but I messed up. <laughs> well, I mean, it was still, uh, still entertaining, still great matches. Um, did like, when you're trying to focus and you're trying not to like worry about any of that bracket math, but then knowing, knowing that you're like, Oh, this could be a Pittsburgh fight. Uh, like, is that what, like, is that a distraction in your brain or is that you're like, just throw that thought away, crumple it up, throw it in the trash. I, I tend to crumple it up and throw it away. Um, because there's almost a level of comfortability when you're throwing with someone you throw with regularly, um, you're not as focused because you've thrown with them forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually prefer to not throw. I mean, I don't like throwing against Pittsburghers anyway because I don't like it when we eliminate each other or send each other to B. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely a level of comfortability with throwing with Pittsburghers that, like, not I wouldn't say throws off focus, but definitely changes the dynamic a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it, like, obviously, it you know, it's always a bummer when you're like, oh, I spent all of this time and money to travel to this other place to compete to then mm-hmm. just play the people I play yep. at home. Absolutely. They're like, I didn't, I didn't have to get a 500 or I, I didn't have to take a five hour road trip to play a Dave and big time and showtime. Right. Like I do this all the time already. I could have drove eight minutes down the road to do this. Yep. Um, cool. Do you, um, so you've kind of talked about like your, you like, you know, like, your scenario practice or your, you know, like tournament, like, like kind of like the, the physical part, do you have any like mental kind of like habits or routines or like, like, uh, like when it comes to like, just like the mindset portion. So this definitely goes back to playing basketball with free throws. Um, when you're standing on a line, you know, the gym's looking at you, the players on the line are looking at you. Um, when all eyes are on you and focused, like, you know, are you going to hit it? Like you practiced hours upon hours upon hours of this. You know how to do it. You're throwing against yourself. You're not even throwing against somebody. You're practicing. 
You have done this a million times over. There is no reason right now that you can't do this right now. You know, you've done this in leagues. You've done this in marathons. You've done this in playoffs, whatever. You know how to do this. So there's no reason to get nervous now. You've done this. Just do it again. Now, is that like, is that your inner monologue? Like when you're lining up, like, so like your brain is like saying all those words to itself. Yep. Okay. Cause I, uh, uh, it, for me, it feels like it varies like day to day, right? Like it kind of just depends on like what kind of day Mm -hmm. that I'm having, which I think is probably just my ADHD. Just, you know, like, Oh, which, uh, which, which flavor did we get today? Um, but, uh, I like, I, it's cool. Cause I, I, I watch like some top throwers and I almost try and like guess. I'm like, I wonder what's going on in their brain right now. But then mm-hmm. I feel like there's some people like, I don't think there's anything. Like, I think it's just like a, like a, a calmness or a stillness. Like, I don't think like, uh, or sometimes I'm like, I think it's just like uh like the Homer Simpson, like, uh, like little wind up monkey with the symbols. Uh huh. And it's like, yep. Oh, I want, I want to get to that point. Um, and like, so I'm still trying to figure out how to turn my brain off. At this point, I don't think I ever will be able to. Uh, so it's like, maybe that's what meditation is for. It was like, I, I can't sit still long enough for that. Yeah, it, it a lot of mental fortitude definitely helps for sure. Um, you know, because some people like they'll get in the moment. I can say I've done this like they mess up. I've messed up. It happens. But every time you lose is a building block to learn. Okay. Now it's time to go back. You got to start practicing again more. And that's exactly what I said to myself when I came in third. Like, it's time to go back to the lab, go practice again, and do what you did last year. Um, Even though you didn't win it again, it's time to go back, practice, follow routine, change everything. And, yeah, that's pretty much where I was at. Did, um, I guess, I think you said that, like, you work for a hospital now? Mm Mm-hmm. Was it, like... Do like all your coworkers know that like oh uh, Austin is the axe throwing guy? <laughs> yeah, he um, like I there's a guy who actually worked behind me when I was still in the office. He was from London and he was like, "There's no way this is a thing." I was like, "I promise, <laughs> this is a thing." And like, would you like? Oh, hey, I, um, I'm going to be out next week because I'm going to Canada for his big tournament. Uh, or mm-hmm. would you just kind of be like, "Oh, I'm just going to be on vacation next week." Like, would would do you feel like you're like you know your non axe throwing people were kind of aware of everything or is it kind of like no this is just the thing I just kind of keep it to myself and then the people that know know but otherwise some people might be none the wiser yeah I mean that's pretty much how it was like they were like oh look any vacations planned anything like that I was like yeah I'm going to Toronto um, and they're like oh look what are you going for and I was like oh you know an axe throwing competition and they like you know, gave that thousand yard stare and they were like, okay, got it. (laughs) Whatever you say. Then. So I guess like when you came back from it, they're like, Oh, Hey, how was, how was that thing? How, how did you do? Was it, did you have a good time? Yeah. Like some of them watched it. Wait for real. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know how I didn't tell them that it was like through the international accident federation. I didn't tell them. They just, I don't know how they found it. They were like, yeah, we found like clips of you from this year. I was like, all right. <laughs> like, all right. Who's Googling me? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. I, uh, for me, it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to be off on Friday. I'm driving to Iowa for a tournament. Like, Oh, how's your tournament? It's like, Oh, I went, uh, but like a, you know, 
because so I've I've done more waddle tournaments recently than ITF, and it's, but there's always like disciplines. Like, all right, well, I went uh, I went one and two in this discipline, and two and two in that discipline, and then went three and two in that discipline. But the one person didn't show up, so that was asterisk. Then went four and two in this discipline. That's not even my primary. Like, I just, but I'm like, then I realize, oh, I'm nerding out about axing to somebody who has no idea what I'm talking about. They're like, I don't <laughs> know what duels is. Did uh did you do right. any of the other events while you were up there? Like uh what was it? it it's not USA versus Canada. It was uh what what do they call it this uh, year? Uh, I want to say they called it some kind of showdown, like global showdown. That sounds right. Was. I think it was something like that. Yeah. Um. So the only other tournament or thing that I did, I did doubles with PK. Okay, I do not know who PK is, but I think that might be a spoiler alert from some of the upcoming community questions. I'm sure it is. <laughs> how uh and how how did doubles go? Oh, um, we made top sixteen, and for never throwing doubles together for less than ten minutes, I'd say we were pretty good. Yeah. Did um, ha- had you thrown much doubles before then? So I would typically throw doubles whenever we would do it. I would throw doubles with Dave. Okay. Um, we would always talk about, like, I remember last year we talked about it, like, oh, we should do doubles, you know, for this upcoming year. We were going to, but the way Dave's flight schedule was lining up, that it wasn't lining up properly, and he didn't even know if he was going to be able to make it to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up not doing doubles. Um, and then PK needed a partner, and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, sign me up. Let's do it. That's awesome. And that's how that happened. Yep. Yeah, I uh, uh, I went from being because like, I threw, I threw doubles ITC last year with sleeves, um, yeah, and it, it's it's actually like a shout out to sleeves because I, I used to work with sleeves at a tech company in Austin, and then he moved back to Ohio. It's like, hey, I need a doubles partner. And I, actually, I think I had gave him an old uh, Ace Hardware store hammerback hatchet that I had. Nice. Because I, I think, I, yeah, I like went over to his house for a board game, I think, before. Uh, and he's like, I th- I'm thinking about signing up for a league, but I don't know what you I'm like, I have four of these. because uh, Oh, did you ever do time trials? I did not. I've always wanted to, and that always looked the most entertaining to me. But no, I have not done it. That was, uh, like, I got to do it once, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was also, like, uh, insanity. Uh, for those mm-hmm. that don't know what time trials is, as uh, a, a game... I, I played it at Urban Austin, but uh, so you need four axes, right? Because uh, you mm-hmm. use four lanes, and you end up doing like twelve throws, but it's like four throws of three different kind of throws. So it's like one's a regular throw, one's a one and a half throw, and then one sets, um, I think, an underhand throw. And I think you have maybe it's like sixty seconds or something to do it. And so you you queue up all the axes, and then you line up at one side, and then you tap the left wall to start, and then you you know you go up to first lane, throw, you know, go second lane, throw, third lane, throw, fourth lane, throw. And then you tap the right wall. And so somebody's there with a the stopwatch and they, they add up all the scores. They check the time. Then you restage the axes and then you do it before the next one. So it's like, you know, maybe I start with my standard throw and then I go to my underhand throw and then I go to my, you know, uh, my one and a half throw. Uh, and I think if you don't do it all in less than 60 seconds, then I think you just lose. Right? I think you get like, uh, you know, um, but I did it and it's a lot of fun because it had like some cool strategy to it because it's like, all right, mm-hmm. well, do I, 
do I go for my clutches with my standard throw? And this was like standard. Clutch. Right. So in retrospect, it's like, well, yeah, not duh. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's points. But then it's like if there's a tie, whoever did it faster. So the speed was the tiebreaker. Um, I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, is that, you know, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I like uh, a lot of a lot, a lot of the other like kind of other games because I feel like they're less predictable, you right. know, because you're like, oh, like the people that win leagues aren't always going to, you know, crush those games. Uh, that's one of the things I love about uh, doubles is that, you know, because uh, it's so dynamic and all it takes is just like one collision or one drop to swing a match. And then, yep. Do you, uh, Absolutely. Do you, have, do you have any, so I didn't get to see uh, like the, the, the doubles, a lot of videos and just, you know, whatever kind of popped up on Facebook. Do you have any mm-hmm. highlights or any, any like favorite matches from your, your run in doubles with PK? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, he, he saved me a lot in doubles. Um, like there are times where like I would miss and he would hit his clutches and like we would win because of it. Um, so yeah, he bailed me out on countless occasions. Um, I'm trying to think. There's always that like cool feeling like you shouldn't do it, but when like your blades hit in the bullseye and it makes that clang. Oh yeah, it is just an eerily satisfying noise. Yes, but yeah, like I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, just like yes, that. Now uh, that sound is much better, right? When like mm. the sides tap when they're both going to the board, than uh-huh. when the blade hits the butt of the other axe. That sound not good. Don't like that sound. Yep. Um. Cool. Uh, I think. Uh, I, th- I think we kind of got through like most of the stuff on the on the agenda. Is there anything that you wanted to kind of talk about before we get to like community questions? I'm trying to think here. Um. Trying to think. Um, I mean, I'm just like I said. I'm very happy with how everybody has been throwing in Pittsburgh. I feel we have fostered a very welcoming community here. Um, I could not be more happy with everybody. Um, I have so many people to thank um, for helping not only myself but definitely everybody with pushing each other. You know, to get where we are. Um, and I am really forever grateful for that for our fantastic community. Did uh like did y'all like make like a conscious decision like we're gonna make Pittsburgh one of the best cities for axe throwing or was it just kind of those things like well I like I just want to be competitive oh I want to be competitive too like oh we're all just competitive oh we we've all we're all so competitive that we've become one of the best cities for axe throwing yeah um it definitely I mean it, you gotta figure it started you know even before a bunch of us were throwing like. You know, Brandon, Tim, Dave, D, Mac, Tish, Adeline, all them who started like way before a bunch of us, like they laid the groundwork. Um, and that's another thing actually I want to touch on is I feel like everybody who throws for a long period of time, like isn't willing to learn from anybody anymore. Like they're just like, I've, I'm good. I've already learned it all. I'm done. You are never. And because if you were, you'd win everything religiously you would never lose a match you would never miss a throw you can always learn from somebody else like i know the people from pittsburgh have learned from you know the people from philly the people from canada and then you know we've i've taken you know when i started all of their groundwork has taught me how to throw and i still learn new ways of throwing like i still fine-tune a bunch of stuff like i'll ask people all the time like I've never seen somebody throw like that. Like, how do you throw with a mechanic like that? And 
I just think it's unique to always learn and listen to other people because nobody is the true perfect thrower. That doesn't exist. Um, so as long as you're willing to learn, that's the best case for anybody. For sure. Is there a, do you, uh, are there any like super unique throws that stand out in your mind? Like for example, uh, this guy, Devin Simpson in one of my leagues, um, he like balances it against his head and just kind of like, he like, he stands sideways to the board. So like his shoulder oh, wow. is facing, uh, and just, it's a cool throw. And like, it's very, um, are there, do you have any kind of throws like that, um, that stand out in your brain? Yeah. Uh, so there are not many I know of that are very like, I mean, like truly, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good throwers, but Cooper throws two handed and is one of the most accurate throwers I've ever seen, both one handed and two handed. Um, PK similar, not many people throw two handed and are accurate. They both are. Um, Mason Wong has a wild throw. Like, for his big X, he does it one-handed, but the way he pulls it back, he, like, pulls it back almost all the way down his back, like, down, like, almost like the X is down past his butt and, like, whips it. And it is just accurate. It is the craziest thing, but it works. And like that's a trebuchet? the crazier part of it all. Yeah, and it's the craziest <laughs> thing. Like, it's accurate, too. Like, there's no reason that it should be that accurate because the mechanic on it makes no sense but it works because I've lost to Mason numerous times. Have you ever lost to somebody that had a unique throw and then you're like, I'm going to try their throw for just, you know, 20 minutes or something. So I, I do sometimes debate tweaking some things on my throw. Um, but then I'm like, I'm the type of person, the moment I switch to something, then the throw that I originally had also starts messing up. And I'm like, Oh boy. Uh, I'm, I feel like I am guilty of that. Uh, like, it, I threw my first, well, my only 64 on Waddle last year. It's been, like, over hey. six months. And it's like... Congrats. Well, thank you. But I, like, but I'm like, but then I just kept trying to tweak stuff to try and get better. And I was like, maybe I made it worse. That or, or it may, it's like, okay, uh, almost like I don't have, like, a default throw. You know, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. which throw is working today? Like, probably shouldn't be changing stuff every day. Uh, so, right. so now I'm like, um, the, in, in what I do as a software engineer, like we have this concept of like, you know, all right, I write the code and then you, it's actually called committing it. Like you run a command. You're like, all right, lock this code mm-hmm. in and then you submit that code for review. And so I'm like, maybe I should do that with my throw. Like, all right, I'm going to commit, like I literally like write down my steps and I'm going to commit this. And then like, that is going to be, so it's like, I could tweak it, but like, this is my fallback one. And the fact that it's taken me like five years to actually like write down the steps of my throw, like the blueprint that Ryan Smith talks about in his book is like, uh, maybe I should have right. done that sooner. <laughs> so, uh, yep. but hmm. have you, have you done that? Have you written um, out the steps to your throw? So I definitely haven't written, but I have rewatched and got literally done like freeze frame, like frame, frame, frame. How do you start? Where do you pull it back to? Where do you release? How hard do you flick your wrist? Where do you do this? And like, I've done that so many times and I just like tweak. I'm like, okay, start here, pause, play, pause, go here, pause. And like, I do that a lot. Now, um, did you have to change your throw much after premiere? I guess what, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on premiere? Cause I like, I didn't like premiere at first and now I'm at the point I'm like, uh, it's like, it's, it sucks when you miss, you know, when you're like, Oh, especially like when 
the top might be in, but the bottom's not, you know, right. like, oh, there's like a one angle or, you know, like a one degree skew on it. And you're like, okay, so the top was just in, but the bottom just missed that corner by just a millimeter. And you're like, oh, right. it hurts so good. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence with it. Cause like, I like it. I think the Nobly Bowl's great. Yes. Um, I, I do think the rule is coming eventually where it will be one X only. Um, and you won't be able to switch anymore. I do think that's coming at some point. Oh yeah. The urban, um, urban rules, right? Like they're like, is that what they're doing for urban open? So I know for the urban open, I know for there's uh, tiered tournaments. I know they're doing urban rules, but I know for the open, it's just premier. Okay, do you um, – because, I, like, I, I read the announcement when they announced the Urban Rules, but mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Um, but I didn't pay a lot of attention to it because it doesn't immediately apply because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get to use this or do this anytime soon. Um, right. Do you, like, can you give a refresher on it, like, from what you remember? So from what I remember their rules being, I know it is one X only. There is no switching. Um I want to say it's still no bleed bull. And I remember the main thing being the clutches that if it was touch, it was, I want to say it was six premier was seven. And there was another, maybe it was breaking the box was six and like just hitting the circle was five. It was something like that. I know there's definitely a difference in scoring with the clutch. Obviously you hit it premier that's seven. Maybe it was breaking the box was six and then hitting it regular was five. Okay. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what that is. And I know, yeah, the no bleed bull stays and no switching. Gotcha. Yeah. I um one of my biggest grievances with Premier was just that like if my dad wanted to watch me throw axes, mm-hmm. he'd be like, Well, that looks good. You it looks like they smoked it. It's like, oh well, hold on. If you go up and you look at the axe real close, uh the yep. heel of the axe isn't in, so it's worth zero. He's like, Well, that doesn't make any sense. And right. so it's kind of like it doesn't pass the like, uh, like you know, the 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 wild bill, my my crazy simple dad, uh, huh. test. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's almost like all right, here's somebody that knows nothing about the sport. Does it make sense to them? No. All right, it's pro- maybe there's some room for some improved simplicity there. Right. Absolutely. You know, like um, I think maybe it was a uh, Kyle Durant. I think he was watching comment on the stream that like. Because uh, it it does add to the like the you know the long drawn out matches when it's like people are going big axe clutches and yep. somebody hits it you know and they just didn't hit it just right and so mm-hmm. like, it does feel weird to be like okay both zeros like I mean yeah. like, they got most of, like they got majority right like yeah like a, a majority right. clutch should be worth something you know right that's absolutely um. It's like, okay, you didn't touch it at all. That makes sense. That's a zero. You got right. most of it, at least a point. Like that should be like that should be enough for the win, in in my opinion. Absolutely. I no, I agree with that. Um Cool. All right. Uh I think uh I think with that we can move on to the uh the community questions. Oh boy. <laughs> all right. And, uh, let's see, let me open up the all right, I think I think there might be some kind of duplicates in here. So if uh, if we end up like, all right, kind of address that or kind of, all right, I'm just gonna refresh start at the top. Um, all right, well, this first one is just you posting a Ric Flair GIF. So we'll just uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Sasha Edwards asks, uh, I'd like to know how he focuses and gets himself out of a slump. What's his self talk? Um, 
and then, and then she has a, a follow-up question that's uh maybe we get to that next so okay. um so i guess once you and you, i think you kind of touched on this but like once you are in a slump or one like do you have mm-hmm. a way to get yourself out of your head so I've come to the realization um, I've heard, and I, I adore these quotes. Amazing. One of them is from Tom Hanks and he just religiously says, I wish at a younger age, I knew this too shall pass because tough times don't last forever. You know, you're going to have to work through it. Nobody's perfect. Slumps happen. They will happen. They will continue to happen, but it's pretty much how you're going to react to that moving forward because, you know, sure you can stay in a slump and you can just sit there, mope, be upset. Absolutely. Or you can use that as fuel and, you know, work harder. No, okay, we're going to work our way out of this slump because if you just sit there, accept it, you're not getting out of it. Um, You're going to stay there. So working through it, knowing, okay, you know, because I went through a slump back in, oh boy, February to like April, like leading up to ACE, I was throwing way too many threes. I wasn't hitting my clutches. And I was like, well, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like you throw enough that you should be able to stop at least to stop throwing as many threes as you've been doing. Um, so then I was like, all right, it's time to practice. No more moping. It's time to get back to business and practice. Um, so yeah, this too shall pass is a big one I use. And then another was Denzel Washington where he's like, if you do not fail, you're not trying. Okay. When you when you fail, that means you're at least making a concerted effort in whatever you're attempting to do. Um, Will you like if um like let, let's say you you're in a tournament and you're like all right yeah okay like I'm uh, they're real close like oh, I'm I'm having my bulls and maybe they're just a little low and they're just tapping the three right or or like oh that the clutches are just a just a little bit too high. Um, right. Will you will you be like all right change nothing just just do it again. And, you know, and just hope it kind of just falls in that natural, or will you like try and like fine, make fine tune adjustments? Cause it's, I feel like every time I try and like, Oh, I was just a little bit to the left. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I'll just move that, you know, just move a, a, a millimeter to the right. Oh, I missed wide, right. It's like, what? How did I, I didn't think I, you know, or are you like, no, just trust my throw. I don't have to change anything. It's close enough. Then I'll get it next time. Yep. That's pretty much how it is. Like I'll focus so much. Like, you know how to throw. Just one little fine tweak and go. Like, I've come to the realization, at least as of late, at least when I'm throwing at clutches, like, sometimes I'll drift to the right. If that happens, I'll move slightly left. If I hit to the right, I'll move left or left to right by just, like, a fraction of an inch, and it changes everything. Um, do, you, do you find that those adjustments, like, work for you, or do you ever, like, overcompensate? Like, you're, like, essentially, like, overshoot your mark. So in my head, I'm saying to myself, like, okay, you missed by probably, what, half an inch? Move half an inch left. You missed half an inch right? Move left. And, like, in my head, I'm talking to myself, like, okay, little fine tweaks. And if you don't hit it that time, we'll, you know, we'll go back to the drawing board, see where we're at, and then go back from there. Um, but, yeah, definitely fine-tune in matches for sure. Okay. Now, uh, do you ever have, I guess, maybe the – the opposite of a slump where you feel like you got hot at the wrong time. You're like, Oh, you're like, Oh man, like I'm on fire in the quarterfinals, but like, Oh, I hope, I, I hope yep. <laughs> like, Oh no, it's, it's hitting at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That match I had against Dave was the best I had thrown. And literally the next match, I don't think I hit a single clutch and I threw a bunch of threes. So 
Yeah. It's like, like that's one of the most, you're like, cause I've, I've had those moments. You're like, Oh, well, cool. I'm in the zone. As long as I just stay in the zone, like it's going to be smooth yep. sailing. And then right. opposite, you're like, no, I'm not, I, I don't want to be in the zone yet. <laughs> like no, it's too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> um, you're like, I'm going to go use the bathroom and wash my hands, and then my hands are going to feel different, and then everything, I'm going to lose it all. Yep, exactly, 100%. Cool. Uh, Sasha's other question was, uh, what are your plans for Canadian Labor Day, uh, Winky Face? So that is in reference to uh, the range. They have a unicorn classic every Labor Day. Um, I might still be going. I'm not positive. Um, I know Adeline was talking about going, and same with Jake, so we might go. Um, but that one is still up in the air. I do want to make it out to the range, though, at some point. Me too. It looks like a it looks like an absolute blast out there. Oh my gosh! The way she they described it, you just sit in tents all weekend, camp out, drink around a fire, and axe throw for three days. That sounds like a blast. The, uh, uh-huh. the tents and the the fire sound good. Uh, maybe uh, I don't think we're gonna have tents or fires at the Eurathon. No. No, you won't. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, next question is from Shay. Shay asks, what was your favorite bonding experience with Connexican? And then Leah Grace, uh, sorry, uh, she uh, supplements the question by saying, and please make it the NSFW version. Is that not safe for work? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. So, you know, I was into axe throwing, sure, and I was semi-competitive. Um, I remember the night of my – or the the morning, I should say, of my very first marathon league I ever did, he calls me at 8 a.m. and wakes me up. He's like, Austin, you coming? I was like, dude, it's 8 a.m. Fuck off. I was like, I'm not waking <laughs> up on it. Like, I'm not getting up on a Saturday morning. He was like, Austin, no, you're you're doing this. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. And yeah, eventually just peer pressured and gave in and that was where I think I truly found like my actual desire. Like I liked it and I was into it, but that's that marathon is where I fell in love with ax throwing. Um, that is one of my fondest moments of day or memories of Dave. Um, he and I are, you know, like yin and yang, I suppose I am. I'm the more quiet of the two. And I know a lot of people look at us as either father and son <laughs> um, but no, I, I adore Dave immensely. Um, I would definitely not be anywhere I am right now. Um, without him, he's been an amazing mentor and teacher to me, um, along with so many other Pittsburgh throwers. Um, yeah, I have so many to thank, um, like Brandon, Tim, Adeline, uh, Bobby, PK, Robbie died, Dina died. Like I have so many people to thank, uh, for all this. So that's awesome. Does, uh, is there a specific story that Leah is referencing? I'm trying to think if one of the night, hmm. I'm trying to think if we ever got super reckless, like out drinking or anything like that. Uh, right. But I'm not positive we did. Yeah, no worries. Uh, uh, we, we can move on. If, uh, something comes back to your, uh, you know, pops up later, you can share it then. Of course. All right, cool. Uh, next question. Uh, I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce this last name. Uh, Kyle Ingram Sayu. Uh, sorry, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle asks, how come you keep forgetting your coin? 
Okay, so I know what this is referencing. And at the last Choptober, I spent a lot of money on alcohol because I kept forgetting it. I It was an honest mistake. I thought it was in my wallet. It wasn't. And I have run up quite a few bar tabs because of that coin. <laughs> yeah. But uh... it now rests in my wallet 24-7 because I am now determined and paranoid enough knowing that it will show up at any given moment and I will need it. So now I hold on to it. I, uh, I do not have any coins yet. Not because not out of like some aversion to them. It's just, just don't have one. I mean, like I've earned several of them. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. like throwing 81 and throwing a 64 and a 32. Uh, but I just, uh, I just don't have one yet, but I've also heard some people like, Oh, like I love not having a coin. I love not having to worry about remembering it or, uh, not having to worry about, uh, you know, buying a round of drinks. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard the horror stories like, oh, yeah, somebody had to buy a 30 person round of drink because at a big tournament. It's like, oh, that sounds uh, that sounds expensive. Yep, it is. <laughs> cool. Uh, next question. Uh, John Depke asks, who's your favorite podcaster and why is it Bill Feinberg? Hey, I mean, if we're going off technicality of how many episodes of any singular show. Yes, you are technically my favorite podcaster because I've listened to every single one. So technically, yes, that is true. Well, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. I think I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. Uh, if somebody's listened to one episode, uh, thank you. And then uh, exponentially more thanks for every additional episode. Because there's so much stuff that you could be doing with your time. And if somebody's like, I want to listen to this uh, talk about axe throwing and then maybe the occasional one hour about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, so so, so thank, uh, thanks, y'all, for that. I, I really do appreciate it. So, of course. Uh, Cool. Uh, Stephen Haldis asks, uh, what's the backstory of Daddy as your nickname? Oh, this is going to be the crowd favorite here. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a there's, there might be another one or two versions of this one. Um, so it's when I started at Ace, um, there was somebody at Ace who, I don't know how this even came up in conversation, just called me. And it made me feel weird. Like it made my skin crawl. I don't know what it was just made me super uncomfortable. And obviously, like most people, when something makes somebody uncomfortable, what do they do? They keep doing it. So, started calling me it, whatever, ignored it. My very first week of league, I was just Austin. Didn't have a name, didn't have a thrower name, whatever, it was just Austin. Week two, I forget who I played in my first match, but it was so-and-so versus Daddy. And I was like, you motherfucker. Somebody just put she it in went the app? in. <laughs> She went into Axe Scores and changed it. <laughs> so since my second week of Axe Throwing, it has been Daddy. I don't think people truly know my name. I don't think I've been called Austin in Axe Throwing in two years. And I remember telling somebody that, like, if I change my name to literally anything, it won't matter anymore. Like, it's over. <laughs> Do uh, like, I'm stuck. Wait, wait, so does that mean – I okay, uh, I did not. I did not know that story. I, I like. I, I knew that question was coming up, and so I was just kind of saving it for the the community questions. Um, mm-hmm. Because at at IATC twenty twenty two, when it was you versus Psycon, yeah, and they're like, all right, it's Psycon versus Daddy. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think I can root for this dude whose nickname is Daddy because I'm under the impression like that you like you picked this name, uh, but nope, but to know that you, to know that that <laughs> not only did you not pick it, you were assigned it and didn't want mm-hmm. it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. that... <laughs> Honestly, um, anymore, it's kind of funny because now you get 45-year-old men screaming it. So 
yeah, it's fantastic. That, uh, so wait, does that mean when your coworkers that Googled you to see about your exploit, they're like, why is your nickname daddy? You're like, oh, damn it. I will quit that day. <laughs> I will leave. I will put in my letter of resignation and I will not show up ever again. <laughs> I gotta find a new. What, what happened to your job? I thought it was going so well. Oh, they found out that it actually my nickname is Daddy, and I had to get a new job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right, yeah. So you, you kind of inadvertently answered another one of the questions, which uh, uh, Nicholas Andrew Ken Landry asked. Did do you enjoy being called Daddy? Uh, you answered that one. Uh, Vargo. Yeah. Uh, Vargo didn't even have a question. He just said, "Oh, Daddy." Yep. There you go. <laughs> Yep. Cool. Imagine hearing that, but it, like, there's not even a hello anymore. It's uh, that that exact expression when I walk into a venue. Boom. That. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh... <laughs> you know, I've seen I've seen other people get uh, assigned nicknames, but never Daddy. I think uh, I think uh, Kevin Mefford out of Urban Austin got assigned the nickname Dad Shorts and eventually just kind of owned it. Um, yep. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right, next uh, next question. I think there might be a couple or like two versions of this one, but um, mm-hmm. uh, Jason uh, Grayowski mm-hmm. uh, asks uh, better axe throwing pump up song: ACDC Thunderstruck or Shania Twain "Man I Feel Like a Woman." So, or "Man I Feel Like a Woman" is my drunken karaoke song. That's a good one. I will belt the shit out of that song. I have a routine. Like the whole show. Oh, I dance. I do it all. <laughs> but Thunderstruck, it's hard to argue with ACDC. Yeah. So. All right. Let's see. I think there's another one about Thunderstruck in here. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Um, oh, I'm sure I know what this is about. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mora asks, uh, why does he love Mojo's cover of Thunderstruck so much? I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> she. We were down at Game of Axes um, back in February or March, and you know Thunderstruck came on, and I was like super pumped. I was like air drumming it in the back seat, and she starts like meowing it like a cat, and I was like, "What? What? What are you? What are you? What are you doing? Like, don't ruin this for me." <laughs> and she's like continuously doing it, and I'm like, and it goes back to what I said, like you know how when something bothers somebody, they don't let it go, they hammer it. And she just meowed the entire song of Thunderstruck. And I was like, I don't know if I can listen to this the same way anymore now because now I hear cats meowing. For minutes? I mean, like, the whole, oh. so not, not like, not just a verse, like, yeah, or nope. chorus, Mm-mm. the whole song. Mm-mm. Whole song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see, uh, I feel like I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I can definitely think of songs where, like, uh, like the song has like a supplemental memory, uh, memory attached to it. Um, yep. Fortunately, uh, none of my songs involve, um, you know, uh, uh, an all meow version of a song that I love. That must, that must be nice. <laughs> uh, so I guess what you're saying is the internet needs to do a karaoke version of Thunderstruck with meows. I will, can be... <laughs> like, I don't care what money it costs. I will find whatever radio station, whatever, whoever is playing this song, and I will pay for it to be removed. I don't care what it costs because I will never be able to hear it because then it will ruin Thunderstruck truly for me. And I don't want that. 
Uh, another question from uh, Mora is, ask him who his favorite axe thrower is and why is it Mojo? I do love Mojo. Uh, we actually bonded last year at ITC, um, waiting in line for day two. Um, got to talk to her a good bit while waiting. Super nice woman. Love that woman to death. Super friendly. She actually bought me, I can't remember what exactly it's called. She brought me a little, oh, I don't remember what it's called. But it was from Egypt, from her trip to Egypt. And it, it is beautiful. Um, and, yeah, super, super nice woman. Love her to death. That's awesome. Uh, oh, another question. Actually, this uh, Game of X is related. Uh, Judith mm-hmm. Dats Kareem, apologize if I didn't get the name right, asks, how many Game of Axis shirts does he have, and does he need another one? Uh, so if you ever get the opportunity to go out to Game of Axis in either Boynton, Jupiter, I want to say they have one in West Palm, they, to me, they offer the perfect blend of what axe throwing is. It is a, it is a party environment but it's also like axe throwing, like if that makes any sort of sense. Like I think it is the perfect mix of what axe throwing should be. Um, they are all super, super welcoming, super kind people. And every year now, I look forward to their winter axe games that's held, I want to say, every February or March. Um, also, shout out Jude. Just got engaged uh, literally, what, two days ago? Yeah, her and her now fiance are taking like a European trip. Shout out to them. Cool. Congrats. That's dope. I, uh, I, I've i never been there. I don't think I've ever actually thrown axes in Florida. No, uh, yeah, I don't think I've thrown anywhere in Florida, but uh, I, I'm down to go to Florida in the winter oh, to get, uh, so nice. get, some, get some nice weather uh, in yep. the North American wintertime. Yep. Uh, yeah, like being, a northern, being a northerner from Pittsburgh, like it was full, like 20 degrees leaving the airport. I land in Fort Lauderdale and I am dripping in sweat. Yep. I, uh, I, I lived in Fort Lauderdale. Well, technically Lauder Hill is like a suburb for like three months from, I think from like December, 2011, to March, 2012. And, mm-hmm. uh, I tried to go to Walmart to buy like a box fan. Uh, cause I just right. lived in like a really cheap apartment that didn't like it. Uh, it was like a, a private room of a, that uh, it was like not my favorite living environment. Cause it's just like, I literally like rage quit Ohio. I'm like, I can't do another winter because I didn't have a good car. I didn't have good winter clothing. I was like, I, I'm not meant for this environment. Uh, despite living right. there, my first 24 years. Anyway, so I go to Walmart to go buy a box fan, and uh, I got mm-hmm. scolded by a Walmart employee. She's like, "Sir, it's the winter here. We don't have any fans right now." I was like, "Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, uh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Let's see here." Next question is from Kate O'Connor. Kate asks, what's it like to live in the less superior city in Pennsylvania? This only applies to Austin, not my other Pittsburgh peeps. So here's what I'll say about that lovely city that she claims she lives in. First off, you live in South New Jersey. Underline the word New Jersey. You don't live in Pennsylvania. Therefore, to say that you're going to say that the superior city is Philadelphia, which is the one she's referencing, that is far, far away from the truth. Um, we actually send a lot of memes about Pittsburgh and Philly to each other talking shit because that's just how it is. There's literally a line drawn down the middle. Like people don't even recognize Harrisburg, but like there is a line drawn down the middle of Pittsburgh. You're either on the Pittsburgh side or the Philly side, but yeah, uh, Pittsburgh is better than Philly in every way. <clears throat> so is there like, um, is it, is one of those things where like within the state of Pennsylvania, it's like, okay, uh, you know, it's like Pittsburgh versus Philly, but then 
if somebody from like outside Pennsylvania wants to t- talk shit on Pennsylvania, do y'all like come together? You're like, oh, Pennsylvania's cooler than than you think. Yeah, actually, there's definitely times of that. Like we argue with each other, but they uh, you start talking. I mean, Pennsylvania is an interesting state, kind of, sort of, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, it's yeah. It's it's got a, a, a pretty like like I've I've been to Pittsburgh I've been to Philly I've been to State College, mm-hmm. uh, and which means I had to drive through everything that connects those places. And you're like, oh yeah, yep. there's a uh, one time I tried to drive from Pittsburgh back to Cleveland, but I didn't want to take the turnpike because I was broke. And I was like, wow, well, well I'll just take. I think if we take 70 west, it hits 71 north, and then it's mm-hmm. like now entering West Virginia. I'm like, I think something went yep. wrong. Oh, I drove through uh-huh. the sliver. Yep. Oh, our our infrastructure in Pittsburgh with all that is horrific. You miss your exit, you're sitting on the highway for another forty five minutes. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So it's like, oh, all these rivers uh, not conducive uh-huh. to to traffic. Nope. Uh, and then, oh, uh, uh, DMac just said, "There's a superior city in Pennsylvania." It's Pittsburgh, and he knows it. He's not. A, he's he's one of those Pittsburghers who lives here or has lived here and is a Pittsburgher, but he doesn't like to acknowledge that. It's fine. We'll break them all down eventually. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, next question is from Rob Dye. Rob asks, where is my luggage? Okay, so this is actually a very fun story. Um, this is why I am no longer in control of like scheduling hot hotels, Airbnbs, uh, anything like that. Um, so I, I you know, scheduled a hotel. Me and Rob were going to Choptober last year together. Um, you know, everything was fine. We go to our room, whatever, drop our stuff off, go to day one of Choptober, come back, whatever. Day two, we go out to Choppers, do our stuff, come back. Our hotel keys aren't working. And I'm like, the the hell? Like, mine's not working. His isn't working. I'm like, okay, Rob, I'll just go get one from the front desk. I go get a new one from the front desk. We go in. All the lights are off. We turn the lights on. Our beds are perfectly made. All our stuff's missing. And I'm like, well, that's not great. Like, where's our stuff? And I'm like looking around. I'm like, where? I was like, Rob, are we in the right like room? He's like, yeah, this is. I was like, huh. So I go back to the front desk. I'm like, hi, ma'am. Like, where's our stuff? Because it's no longer there. She's like, oh, you guys checked out this morning. I said, no, <laughs> no, we did not. And she goes, oh, is this your stuff? Our stuff was in four garbage bags in their lobby. Just sitting there. And I was like. Yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm no longer in charge. I am no longer scheduling. I will pay whoever I need to pay for Airbnbs and hotels. You guys are in charge. I will follow you. <laughs> Sounds like you got the checkout date wrong. Yep, it was just those sudden, like, we flipped the lights and all our stuff's missing, and we just looked at each other like, shit. Yeah, that sounds like a like a nightmare. I uh, I I made a similar mistake the first time. Actually, the first time I ever flew, my dad's like, "Oh, you're good at computers and the internet. Um, I, I want to take a flight, or like I want to basically like he's taking me on a vacation, right? He's mm-hmm. like, "I'm I'm going to Mexico. I got a buddy that's got a condo, a condo in Cabo, uh, uh, Cabo San Lucas or whatever." And he's like, "And you know, I want to bring you this time." I'm like, "All right, cool." He's like, "All right, but you're you know how to book stuff online, so you and I, I'd never." taken a flight before never been on a plane uh right. and so i'm like all right well i'm looking at flights and like all the other ones were uh two connecting flights so i'm like three flights mm-hmm. total and then i found one that was two and so i'm like all right well i just booked the one that only had two because i didn't know what to look for mm-hmm. 
And then I, right. he gives me his card. I book it. I print out the paperwork. I give it to him because this was like 2010 maybe. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he's like reading it. He's like, this says that we have a 20-hour layover in Charlotte. I'm like, what? Give me that. And I look at it. It's like, <laughs> we land in Charlotte at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. And we leave Charlotte at 6 a.m. on Wednesday. Yep, that's what that says. Well, oh. uh, this is why you don't let the person that's never booked a flight before book the flight. <laughs> that sounds far worse than mine. I mean, it wasn't bad. We just kind of bummed around Charlotte the day. And then uh, my dad being my dad's like, yeah, we'll just kind of get to the airport at like 10 and just sleep by the gate or whatever. It was absurd, but uh, yeah, yeah. could have been worse. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Uh, next question is from Tim Roberts. Tim asks, uh, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Is there a story or is Tim just trolling? I'm, I think he's trolling, but just for the sake of answering, I feel like if a woodchuck could chuck wood, it would chuck wood far. Because have you seen, I think it will say it's like a Geico commercial where they chuck them and they laugh. Is that, the, is that Geico? That I, might be Geico. It might not be. I don't think I saw that commercial. I uh Try to structure my life to minimize commercials as much as possible. That's fair. Actually, one time uh, when I uh, this, oh, this maybe 2015, it was like when I first got like one of my first software engineering jobs. I'm like listening to Spotify while uh, like working, and then ads come on, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, these ads are driving me crazy. Like, uh-huh. I, wish, I wish I could just like like I wish I could pay to make these ads go away. And it's like, oh wait, I can't. That's can. they. That's what they want me to do. I was like, "Oh, I'll do that." Uh-huh. Uh, Fantastic marketing. Yeah, it's like they just annoyed me into giving them more money, and it worked. And it works. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Next question, uh, Roseanne. Uh, apologize, uh, uh, Keiko. Keiko. Uh, sorry, sorry, Roseanne. Uh, Roseanne asks, "Why is a raven like a writing desk?" I have no idea how to answer that. Like a yeah. like a writing desk. Yeah, I assume there was I like have, some inside joke or something there. I have no. I was gonna say I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling this is gonna be like a like a popsicle stick joke or something. I don't. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, to to be continued. I don't know. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, Justin Vicari asks, "Who's his doubles partner for Chaptober, and are they changing their name to Mommy?" So they, yeah. So Justin wanted me to be partners with Stormy at Choptober, but I won't be able to, I believe, make it to doubles that day. And I was going to go with Stormy, and our doubles name was going to be Mommy and Daddy. Okay. But because I'm not, although it would be funny, I will not be attending doubles for Choptober. Gotcha. Uh, this is, you know, how you said you're like, I think that there's people in Axwing that don't know your name. Correct. Uh, I feel like I'm having one of those moments right now where I'm like, uh, like just like have like a ten. I'm like, okay, I think that that name matches that or that nickname matches that human name. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Dumb question. I apologize that I even have to ask this dumb question. Uh, Stormy, mm-hmm. Kristen Giles, Giles. Correct. That- yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, sorry that I had to ask. Uh, also, what is the proper pronunciation pronunciation of Kristen's last name? Sorry, Kristen. I've said Giles, and she's never corrected me. So either she's very nice, or I'm dumb as shit. Okay. Because she's never because she's never corrected me on it, and if I have, I apologize, and I will call it by the right pronunciation. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of Kristen, she uh, Stormy, uh, 
She asked, got a couple questions. Uh, first one, why have you never thrown a three against her? It's so she was here for our last marathon we held uh, last Saturday and she like kept bringing up to me. She's like, how come like sometimes you'll throw threes like against other people, but when you throw against me, you don't throw any. I was like, that's just, that's just a mere coincidence. Like there's no way that's a thing. And then like the match before I played her, I threw like two threes and then I played her the next match and didn't throw a single one. And I was like, huh, you might be onto something. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was. Um, I think I saw some pictures from that. That looked like a good time. I was like, "Damn, I wish I would have made that." Oh, All right. um, oh my god, it was absurd. Does that? Did Rander go to that one? Yeah, yeah. As a <laughs> as a collective group of all twenty, we hit four hundred and ninety four premier clutches, and Oof. and we had nine eighty ones. All right then. Is uh, oh, it is wild? Does uh, is Showtime the person with the most premier eighty ones? Oh yeah. Easily, like it's not close. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Got a couple more questions from Kristen. Uh, next one is, why do bullseyes make you fall over? So for some reason, I don't know why this is, but it's not every bullseye throw I have, but it's definitely more than it should. I lean so far forward, and I don't stop, and I almost fall like completely on my face throwing bulls. Why? I don't know. But I lean so hard forward for some reason, and sometimes I nearly fall over. Have you ever actually fallen? I have not, but I, I did come close on last Saturday. I almost did, like, eat shit. Have you ever faulted because of it? I have not. Luckily, okay. knock on wood. When, uh, when I first moved from, like, just moved to Oklahoma and didn't get to throw ITF anymore, uh, mm-hmm. I faulted several times in like my first league where mm. I was like, all right, throw, stop. Okay. Start walking. They're like, well, that's a fault. I'm like what? Like, yeah, like we didn't score it yet. Like, Oh, well, got it. And so I, I'd actually start. Uh, like, yeah. I would walk. Like, not only would I stop, I would walk away from the lane. I'd like turn around and walk back towards like the counter. <laughs> like just, yeah. okay. Uh, so as a lesson, I learned the hard way. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. next question from Kristen. Uh, how does it feel to be off the list? Don't know what that means. So she has a list of, like, throwers that she wants to beat. Um, for the longest time, I ha- I enjoyed being on that list. Um, but Kristen has since, oh, God, she's beaten me numerous, numerous times now. So I'm well off that list. Um, but, yeah, has a list of throwers that she's like, I need to knock you off. It's a hit list essentially for axe throwers. Um, so, okay. And you are off the list now. Does it feel good? Yeah. No, (laughs) you want to be, you want to be on, you wanted to be on the list. I enjoyed being on that list, but she, she was way too talented for me to stay on it. Gotcha. All right. And then, uh, uh, last question from Kristen, when is the next daycare? (laughs) So for some reason, I don't, I didn't like naming all of the marathons after like daddy day camp, daddy daycare, daddy, whatever, but that's how they wanted it. So we kept it. Um, we're looking toward probably fall winter time. We try to have one every, every like quarter. So one in the spring, one in the summer, one in the fall, one in the winter is what we try to do. Um, so probably sometime in the fall, maybe early winter is when we're probably going to have another one. Okay, cool. 
right. Uh, oh, I have another question from Justin. Justin asks, is daddy actually a dad? No, no, he's not. <laughs> uh, next question. I have been asked that a lot. <laughs> Honestly, I, I thought that's what it was. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, yep. that was like my guess at IATC 2022. Um, yep. Everybody comes up. So like, how many children do you have? Like none. <laughs> well, then why are you dead? I was like, Oh, please God. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Steve Mal, uh, Steve Malvey asks, why is Pittsburgh? So Pittsburgh, because of our hatred for Philly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh because we we are some of the most competitive human beings you will ever be. We are super nice and kind, but like in competitive mode, we all kind of just go into a dark space. Uh, we push each other because pretty much it's like you're going to either get good or unfortunately like you're getting left behind. That's kind of how I took it. Like when I first started, I was like, okay, like if I keep plateauing where I am, like this isn't going anywhere. So either you're going to get to their level and compete and yeah, I mean, it has helped all of us immensely in leagues, playoffs, tournaments, what have you. So. Cool. All right. Uh, next question from Cooper Rogers. How does it feel to continue losing to throwers under the age of 21? Little shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Cooper is a very, is another one of those very talented throwers. Um, at the age championship, either last, it was definitely last year. Um, not this one we had back in April, but last year, 2022, he, so I lost, he knocked me into B. Then I lost to Mason the next match. Both at the time were 19. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like I literally got beat by people who can't have an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's the thing. I was talking to somebody as, uh, as, a thrower out of Oklahoma, Eli, Eli Martin. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like, Oh, what, what is everybody doing after this? Well, uh, I'm only 19. It's like, uh, and I had that realization, like you're a teenager. Like, uh-huh. And then I had that realization, like, Oh, uh, I'm old enough to be like somebody, like some of the, like people's dad, like that. Like right. I walk my dog at like a nearby cot, like there's a, a local college in OKC. It's like, couple blocks from my house so i walk my dog around there sometimes and i'll see like college mm-hmm. is like because i just think I'm like oh, i feel like i could go back to college and i wouldn't be like i feel like i'd pass as a grad student and then uh past five years like nah nope yep. i'm closer to like oh you cut you dropping your kid off at college like oh damn it mm-hmm. i'm old mm-hmm. and i feel it um and i just uh, i just want to add to one more thing i hope cooper listens to this who won in florida as i dropped my mic and that is all <laughs> Uh, also, uh, Cooper's profile picture mm-hmm. is holding a banana. Do you yep, like, it sure is. Do you like, I, I want, I want to eventually get the story directly from Cooper, but until then, mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. you tell me the story of, of this banana? I'm not actually positive. I know. I know that like every time I do see him, he is eating a banana like for more frequently than not. I've definitely seen him eating a banana at more tournaments, which, you know, great for potassium helps with, you know, all the joints and stuff. But I've definitely seen, I don't know what the story is behind it, but I know from experience, I've seen him eating numerous bananas at tournaments. I think on the IATC stream, like during 
the like post match interview. Mm-hmm. Cooper may have eaten a banana with the peel still on, or like taken a bite of a peeled or a a unpeeled banana. But I think my brain like was like, did I just see that? I'm not sure if I just saw it. I'm just gonna keep watching. I'll revisit that later. And then somebody else made the same comment on a thing later, and I was like, I think that happened. But all right, so if that is oh, true. Oh. I'm going to roast him. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe you need to go back and rewatch the stream. And find that because I think that happened, but I'll, I'll save that for what uh, if and when I get to interview Cooper directly, I will ask that then. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, it's from DMAC. So in classic DMAC fashion, just a oh, solid. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a. Uh, I wonder if that's what DMAC's going for is like, hey, when somebody says his name and the response is, oh, no, it's like, yes, I have That's what he wants. Uh-huh. Um, uh, all right. This is DMAC's question. Uh, well, I guess it's a two. It's three. It's a three-parter, and they're all troll questions. Um, Lovely. W- one is, I have nipples, Austin. Can you milk me? Oh God. Um. Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't know what other way to explain. Sure. <laughs> uh, next one is a taco a sandwich? No, tacos and hot dogs uh, are like their own entity. They're not sandwiches. They're their own thing. Okay, so you're uh, what's the ingredient structure purist kind of this yeah. uh, chart? All right, and then the the last one, uh, I think it's the those the the fuck Mary kill, uh, oh, Mexican Joey the Hat mm. and Vail Cook. Oh God! <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say for the sake of knowing him the longest, I'm gonna marry Dave. <laughs> oh God. Hmm. You're, I mean, you're you're allowed to pass. You don't have to answer every community Let's question. I'm just trying to. Yeah, let's just stick with I'll marry Dave out of that. Just stop there. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. We'll leave the rest <laughs> up for interpretation. Okay. Um. And then uh, uh, Lizzie Linsmayer responds to Dmac said, "Oh shit, that's a tough one." Of course, Dmac comes in with the spice. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, we're we're. we're... Working our way through, I think we're almost done here. Uh, next question, Charlie Bain asks, when does he plan on officially adopting PK? <laughs> uh, I love PK. Um, he is one of our also very talented throwers. He is, oh God, how old is he now? 16, 17? Yeah, super good thrower. Um, you want to talk about someone who loves axe I don't know if I've actually truly ever met somebody who is that in love with axe throwing as much as he is. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would love to adopt. I'd love to adopt him. You know, no, just kidding. We are just, we're very good friends. Um, love the kid to death though. Cool. Uh, next question. I think it's another, uh, Shania Twain shout out. Uh, Dev Colligan asks, man, do you feel like a woman? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. All right. Uh, next question. Fancy asks, when are you switching to one handed big X? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Here, and here's why here's the way i'll describe it so out of the previous at least i know for itc at least how many throwers that have gone on to win the whole thing have thrown one-handed big x cyclon mm-hmm. was two-handed rander was two-handed rander twice was two-handed strong riley i believe no strong is two-handed so where are we seeing the one-handed winner there? Fancy mic drop. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, uh, yeah, 
But right, I mean, uh, I can definitely see it though. I can see why people throw one handed. At least if you can make it like your hatchet, I see it. Yeah, I I do wonder if maybe there is a a piece uh, like how much of the like maybe the two handed big X throw has mm-hmm. less bleed like between hatchet and big X than the one handed, right? Because right? like you know if if you throw hatchet one handed and big X two handed, you're never gonna be like oh I accidentally you know did my like my hatchet throw bled into my big axe throw like less likely right versus when you're doing right. the same you're like oh i'm trying to have the same hatchet and big axe throw which is cool like i try i, I try and do that but same just but when like the weights are different especially if you're switching between axes you're like all right cool here's my bull here's my bull hatchet here's my clutch hatchet here's my bull big axe here's my clutch big axe like that's a lot of switching right mm-hmm. absolutely all right uh, i think we got uh two two more Community questions. Uh, we got Jacob Newlight. If I got that name right, okay. asks, "Who is your celebrity crush, and why is it Dua Lipa?" I don't even know if I pronounced uh, that celebrity's name right. Uh, Dua Lipa is my queen. Okay. Oh, uh, she. Yeah, that is a hundred percent my celebrity crush. Lock it in. Okay, I know nothing about like pop culture celebrities. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. just so uh, like uh, as evidenced by the fact that I didn't even pronounce the name correctly. It happens. Uh, cool. Oh, and it looks like the next question, uh, uh, Adeline asks, uh, what is your favorite Barbie and why is it Dua Lipa? <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, she's in the new Barbie movie. Um, I don't know what Barbie she is, but yeah, she is definitely in it. All right then. Well, uh, I think, I think we did it. I think we got through all the community questions. All right. Cool. Uh, I guess with that being said, I know you've already kind of given out, you know, like a bunch of shout outs. Uh, is there anybody that, you know, you, you wanted to, that you missed that you, you forgot about? You want to give another shout out to, or do you have any sponsors or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so big shout out to Joey DC, Ace Axe Throwing, Caleb Eckert, Nick Hordoff, Marcus Morris. Um, you know, without you guys with Ace, um, you know, we wouldn't have the leagues that we do. Um, you know, you wouldn't give us the practice time we need. So I like, without you. So I appreciate everything you've done for us um, and everything you've continued to do for us. Um, yeah. I like just in general too, like people at Chillax, Dean and Robbie die, everybody. Like I thank all of you in Pittsburgh, Bobby for Showtime, big time, Dave, Adeline, all of you for helping not only get me to where I am, but for harboring the amazing community that we've built here in Pittsburgh. Cool. And uh, I guess maybe this is something that I feel like the sponsors, I haven't seen like people like as many sponsors on the IATF side. Do you have any sponsors or have you ever, are you looking for sponsors? Yeah. I mean, I'm always open to listen. Um, I'm Goose was supposed to be sending me. um, I know he's been super busy as of late. Um, I know Goose was sending me stuff. Um, Kevin Bradley, you know, had built my plum that I adore. Um, so there were talks with him, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm always open. I'm always listening. So if anyone's ever interested. Cool. Get, getting those DMS. All right. Uh, I That's guess, right. uh, uh, kind of last question. Uh, where will you be next? Where will people be seeing you coming up? Uh, you'll be seeing me at the urban open here in Baltimore in what, probably two short weeks, three weeks, something like that. Okay. Um, so we got to make sure I get this out soon. So people have something to listen to on their road trips. But, uh, yeah, so definitely Urban Open and then eventually Choptober. Cool. 
Well, uh, that's all I had. Is uh, did you have anything else, or should uh, should we call it? Uh, no, I just thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really appreciate having me on. Um, you know, thank you because again, getting to like listen to people, at least in terms of Waddle, that I haven't gotten to meet, I'm always appreciative of learning. You know, different stuff from people, regardless of ITF or Waddle, I'm always interested in learning. So, thank you for you know continuously putting these out and making them. Oh, well, th- thank you. I appreciate it. This, uh, this my, th- I got the tools to do to do this, and I, I like doing it. I like getting to know people. That's kind of my way, uh, you know, what I could do to try and grow the sport. So, uh, so thanks Absolutely. for being here. Uh, of course, Austin. It's been a pleasure. Uh, until next time, adios. Of course, of course, Bill. Thanks so much. All right, later. Bye.